Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 151 of The Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Save the Poet, and it gives me great pleasure to come before you again on tonight, another Tuesday night, and the 21st of February. It is now 8.07, and we're ready to launch tonight's show's recording. And here's a little information to inform you of what is to be expected from this platform on tonight. On this evening, the feature artist in the spotlight will be published author and poet Jean Posniak. Our topic will be his authorships. We will reflect on book one, his first published sci-fi novel, which is entitled The Music of Distant Spheres. And we will have some discussion about his soon-to-be-released second book, which is in, which is a collection of poems. And here's more about the artist, ladies and gentlemen. Jean Posniak is a writer and editor of scientific journals. Jean is a database analyst at My Professions. To add, Jean Posniak has masterfully written a sci-fi novel entitled The Music of Distant Spheres. Jean is a poet who enjoys sharing his perspective on life and his perception of humanity via poetic expression. Jean is a budding author and a blooming spoken word artist. Jean Posniak is open to collaborating with other artists. To purchase Jean Posniak's published novel, The Music of Distant Spheres, visit Amazon.com, and I repeat, you can do a search under his published novel's name, which is entitled The Music of Distant Spheres. And ladies and gentlemen, I am the host, Sage the Poet. I am in the chat room. If you would like to join me, simply visit the server for the Exceptional Scribble Show. The online server is... TalkShoe.com. You would go to www.TalkShoe.com. And when you arrive at that home page, you would simply type in the name of the show, which is The or The Exceptional Scribble Show. And or you may type in the show's ID number in the space and tab provided for that. The show's ID number is 133193, and then the pound key. Welcome, everyone. At this time, I am now rolling the red carpet and turning the spotlight on to the feature artist. Now is the time. Now is 
the moment, ladies and gentlemen, where I present to you none other than Jean Posniak. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show, Jean. Thank you very much, Fred. Good to be here again. Yes, yes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to have you back on this panel one more time. Um, I know the last time when you were on, we had some discussion about your sci-fi novel, which is entitled The Music of Distant Spheres. And um, I would like for us to continue that, and also I would like for us to have some discussion about your soon-to-be-released second book, which is going to be a collection of poems. Is that okay with you? Sure. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, for a starter, what I thought might be um, good is the following. You had published a poem, and I believe I was able to uh, see this uh, live performance on YouTube. And the title of your poem is Freedom. Yes, and I believe it was copywritten uh, June 2015. Am I correct? Uh, That's correct. Okay, well, at this time, Gene, what we're going to do, because I'm sure there are a lot of people that may not have had the privilege to tune in to the last uh, time we had you on this panel, so we're going to give them the opportunity to hear some live poetic expression by you. Okay? All right. All right. So at this time, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. You are now being introduced to the poet, Gene Posniak. Listen closely. And this is an original piece by him. It was written by Gene Posniak. And it is also published. It is copywritten, ladies and gentlemen. So you are about to witness or bear witness to and of a an original an original poem by Jean Posniak with the following title. The title is Freedom. And I believe right now in our world and especially in America, freedom is something that everyone wants. And some of us are noticing a lot of our civil liberties are diminishing. And so when we hear the word freedom, we are inclined to hear more because we all want to be free. So listen closely, ladies and gentlemen. And by all means, if you have questions, you know our call-in number is 724-444. Seven four four four, and the show's ID number is one three three one nine three. I repeat, one three three one nine three, and then the pound kick. Listen closely. This is a poem entitled "Freedom" by Dean Posniak. The American Civil Liberties Union set me free. 
free from oppressive government and their regimen of forced drugs. Free to wander the city, country, wherever I want. You know, it's pretty much all the same. The landscape controlled by civil servants and states. Ruling pink feet in Nazi uniforms. Nasty wherever I go. Just looking for any excuse to beat me and put me back in jail. Women, and even girls, proposition me with a nod or a wink. You think they're being so subtle, those whores. And every black man that smiles at me is just as soon kill me. The color of their skin even mark a chain after all. And those aren't new helicopters above. They're part of the vast network of informants that monitor my every move. They don't, they don't know that I realize that cardboard and aluminum foil hiding from their sight. I'm safest in the dark of night. If I can't see them, they can't see me. Crawling low between the trash bags, wearing jokes on them, because I find their secrets. This isn't just a shopping cart. It's a library of information. And I'll use it against them someday. so hard to watch when my best friends were corrupted by the implants, turned into vicious pigmen before my eyes. I have a right to a gun and a right to defend myself. Of course, then I had to run because the pigmen had allies. And I ran a long way and I'm still running. But at least I'm free, safe behind the bone bars of my own skull. Wow, wow, wow. A lot can be said about that poem entitled Freedom by Gene Posniak. Welcome back, Gene. Hi. Um, yeah, I, I I had a lot of problems uh, hearing that. Oh. Yeah, I had, uh, it was very uh, crunchy. Oh, okay. Um, I know... From my end, it was very clear. So it could just be an issue with reception. I don't know if your location is around. Are you in an area or environment where there's a lot of digital things? Maybe somebody else might want to contact you to tell you if they can hear it. Not a problem. Not a problem. Hi, is... uh, Skysky, are you still there? Yes, I'm, I'm here, Francine. It, it was terrible, the recording. Uh, it was The volume was too high, a lot of distortion. I, I couldn't hear it. Oh, interesting. Wow. On um, my end, it came out a little different. I'm going to ask Jean. Uh, Jean, is it possible that you can read that over no. the air that may do us better? Sure. Why don't do that? I'm not sure, technically speaking, why there was any reception. From my end, everything looked clear. I actually have a um, system that does mm. analytics where I can... Um, act- yeah. And it, 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 might, it so, might be too high, Francine. The, the volume might be too high. It's been so for a, a while, you know. I wanted to bring it to your attention. Oh, okay. The, volu- the, the, the volume might be too high. It, it doesn't come out. But, you know, it's just, it's too loud. 
when, when we hear hear stuff. Oh, okay. Because I know I do have the volume or mics loud from from our uh, end because we have to have it where the guests can be heard above other callers, or it will just mm-hmm. sound like everyone else is talking, and then the guests will sound like a very faint voice. It, it, so it's so loud. It's so loud. I can't. It's kind of so loud you can't even hear it. Oh, okay. So we're gonna hear Jean. Jean, do you have that poem where you can read it for us? I think yeah, that I would be a better um, option. All right. Um, I'm gonna start off by saying that the the poem is told from from the point of view of, of a homeless man pushing a shopping cart. And again, it's called Freedom. Thank you. The American Civil Liberties Union set me free from an oppressive government and their regimen of forced drugs, free to wander the city or the country wherever I want, though it's pretty much all the same. A landscape controlled by civil servants and Satan, grueling pink beasts and Nazi uniforms menace me wherever I go, waiting for any excuse to beat me and throw me back in jail. Women, and even girls, proposition me with a nod or a wink. They think they're being so subtle, those whores. And every black man who smiles at me would kill me at the first opportunity, the color of their skin being the mark of Cain, after all. And those aren't really news helicopters overhead. They're part of the vast network of informants that monitor my every move. They don't think I know that the cardboard box I sleep in and the aluminum foil underneath my cap hide me from their sight. I'm safest in the dark of night. If I can't see them, they can't see me, crawling low between the trash bags where the joke's on them because I find their secrets. This isn't just a shopping cart. It's a library of information, and I'll use it against them someday. It was so hard to watch, though when my best friends became corrupted by the implants, turned into vicious pigmen before my eyes. Mm. But I'm free to own a gun, free to protect myself. Of course, then I had to run because the pigmen had allies. I ran a long way, and I'm still running. But at least I'm free, safe behind the bone bars of my own skull. Wow. I- Awesome, awesome. Well, Jean, I'm going to ask you if you can kind of enlighten everyone on why you felt the need to write from the perspective of a schizophrenic homeless guy pushing a shopping cart. Well, first thing I said is that the full title of the poetry book is uh, love, Madness, and Politics, poems, mm. poems with explanation. Okay. So I found that uh, if I did a test with um, my writer's group, and I found that if I read poems that I wrote and then explained them afterwards, mm-hmm. people like a, a 30 to 2 margin loved it that way. And if I didn't explain it, you know, some of the purists liked it, but and not many other people did. 
So, uh, so let me start out by saying what I was inspired to do this poem by when I was visiting a friend in New York City. And uh, after you know, going on my way back to the car from dinner, mm-hmm. I saw there was a big pile of trash bags on the street. And I realized that there were two homeless people crawling around in trash bags, poking holes in the trash bags and putting their arms in it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, my God, people live like this. And wow. People mm. of the city are used to seeing it. And I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was just flabbergasted. And that mm. suddenly reminded me of uh, back in, I believe, the early 1980s when uh, New York's Mayor Ed Koch decided he was going to try and help uh, homeless mentally ill, he was trying to get them off the street, get them into treatment. Mm-hmm. In some cases, if they needed it, force them to take medication because there's medication that can cure them. Right. Oh, yeah. The American Civil Civil Liberties Union came in as the lawyer on the side of this homeless woman and demanded that the government had no right to force her to be on drugs, even if it would cure her. Mm. That she was free to decide whether to take the drugs or mm-hmm. not take the drugs. But the thing is, my point in the poem is that, is she free? Or is she a prisoner in her own skull? Mm-hmm. And yes, indeed. I'm saying, you know, drooling pink beasts in Nazi uniforms are how the schizophrenic person sees the police. Mm-hmm. Everyone is an object of suspicion, women and even girls. They think it's the worst of everything. Right. And, uh, the line, the black man only at the first opportunity the color of their skin being the mark of Cain, after all. A lot of people don't know that uh, in the Mormon church, until the late 1970s, Mm -hmm. uh, could not be a uh, deacon in the church Mm. because black skin was considered the mark of Cain. That's something. In the Bible. Thanks for sharing that. I'm sure a lot of people may not be aware of that fact. Thank you for enlightening everyone. This evening on this panel, sure, mm. very important. And you know, I I must commend you on the fact that you walked in the shoes of someone that was homeless and schizophrenic in that moment that you wrote that poem. I felt like I was literally hearing dialogue from a homeless schizophrenic man. You literally morphed into the character, but you went into the mindset. And um, can you share with us what that was like for you to write in that regard and to actually go into the mindset of that Um, individual? I just come from a big, crazy family. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, to be honest, there's there's some mental illness that runs in my family. Okay. Okay. Bad, but Mm. you know, met a lot of people. I even had a girlfriend once who had uh, who had a schizophrenic episode. Mm -hmm. Wearing, putting aluminum foil around things. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, you're you're calling 
that action of putting aluminum foil around things as um, one of the symptoms of schizophrenia. Is that correct? It's what I would call an archetype. So many uh, schizophrenic people believe that, well, they hear voices, part of schizophrenia mm-hmm. voices. That's right. And so, you know, you're paranoid, so you're thinking the voices are coming from the government, the CIA, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you tell yourself, and you, you look to protect yourself in any way you can, no matter how crazy. And so it's very common to see them put aluminum foil on their head. Right. And, you know, some people are aware of why that is a practice that some are doing. You know, there are those that are referred at, to as conspiracy theorists, and they tend to do some things that we would consider as awkward, but to them it's not awkward. It's the way to survive because they feel that they are literally prey and not just the government, but the world at large is a predator. And they have to literally live every day of their life um, in, in, in that state of mind that if they don't guard themselves, if they don't shield themselves or preserve, you know, even self-preservation, then they're going to be uh, destroyed. It's a fear. It's a paranoia. It's anxiety. Um, this is real. You know, we have people that literally do live in that in that way. But what we're going to say about what you achieved with that poem is you helped others who maybe never saw in an up-close-and-personal regard the need for persons that are of that mindset or in that state, that mental state, to receive help. I'm sure that from all that you shared in that poem that helped those that maybe never thought of a person suffering from schizophrenia as well. This is a serious condition. It is an illness, and they can be cured, and they need help. And um, it's something that we need to consider. When we see these people, don't just look at them as savages or barbaric or uncivilized. Um, These are people that really need help. They're suffering from an illness. And if we say we care or we're humane, it is our duty to try to be their advocate. And then I feel in the sense you became an advocate for the homeless in what you did with that piece. Thank you. You were like that voice for them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, my question would be, um, have you received any awards or any special recognition for the writing of that piece? No, just some applause that you heard there on the tape. Oh, okay. Yes, I did notice that was a very strong applause might I add. So that lets you know it was well understood, the message in in the writing. Um, It wasn't lost in translation. It was well understood. 
and it was well appreciated. And that's a wonderful thing, I think, for an artist to receive. Mm-hmm. Now, after you performed that piece, did you also have any questions directed to you about it? Because it was a live performance. Yeah, there there were some. Um, I think it was most. I forget what the nature of the questions were, but most, but the peop, most of the people had the explanations mm-hmm. uh, there in front of them. So I asked them to uh, listen to the poem uh, without the explanation, and then mm-hmm. read the explanation and see if the poem, if they like the poem better after reading the explanation. Oh, okay. And uh, like I said, only two out of 30 people, you know, didn't like having an explanation. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I'm entitling the book, you know, Poems with Explanations, mm-hmm. is that uh, poetry used to be much more popular in the United States. I mean, I can't account just for uh, the fact that radio and television took over because, you know, people would read poetry on on the radio or on TV. But I think what happened is that uh, poetry has just become something for the intellectual elite. And they mm-hmm. no longer care whether people understand what they mean. And they feel that... Uh, the words themselves are somehow the art form. And mm. what I think mostly is happening, and I know I've done this, is that uh, they have a meaning inside their head, and that's why they're writing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect anyone else to appreciate it if they don't have the meaning that's in your head. Yeah. So my, my hope is that this will become a more We'll do something popularized poetry again. Yes. And I I just want to share um, one of my favorite poets who was the first internationally acclaimed poet um, and an American poet is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And he nearly surpassed, here's another um, renowned poet, Alfred Lord Tennyson in international popularity. How interesting. And alongside William Cullen Bryant. It's so many when we consider the American uh, poets and uh, post-colonial, post-colonial poetry, that is. And and now anybody can name one poet. (laughs) Right? And, 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 you know, those are just a few. Emily Dickinson... Um, that was another favorite of mine. I remember from me, you know, I just, I just gravitated towards a love for her um, writing style in general and her poems. Walt Whitman, another one. Um, there's, there's so many. There's too many to to just name uh, a few. But all in all, what you're saying is so very true. Poetry at one time in America, but also in the world, was much more popular. Now there's a resurgence of a respect. That's what I like to refer to it as. 
a respect for the poet. And that's come a lot of that's come from rap. Oh my, how about that? Yes, and with the spoken word artists, what they're doing, what they're achieving. Um, spoken word art, which of course, um, most of your open mics, um, they have a night that they dedicate just to spoken word artists, and they have the poets come and they spit on the mic on certain nights a week, and and this is going on in all states just about now. It's becoming quite trendy. It's become quite um, a norm, a social norm, uh, that I'm, every city, every town should have a open mic venue where they have a night that they dedicate to the the poet or spoken word artist, and that's problem. a lot. I was going to say my only problem with the spoken word rap is that they just they go too fast. <laughs> oh, the rap. Okay, right. They can't the word. Now, when I'm referring, what I'm referring to with the spoken word artists are the ones they just they don't write things down. They just flow. They have a certain vibe, and they just spit poetically um, or express themselves poetically. There's nothing that they wrote out. It's just all coming from their soul and what they're passionate about. And that's becoming a popular trend nowadays among our youth. And we have um, our middle age and our seniors as well getting involved. And now they even have different um, uh, themes where they have spoken word artists that just speak on certain themes. Uh, which I think is also um, commend, you know, there's something to commend about today's society, you know, what's happening within America right now and the world in general. Now, um, just about your your second book, a little more about it. You were sharing about the title. If you can um, share that title one more time for everyone. Love, Madness, and Politics. Love, Madness, and Politics. Um, And for anyone that may have just tuned in, on tonight, the feature artist in the spotlight is Dean Posniak. I'd like chat room as well as everyone on the call. Is there anyone who has a question? Hello? Is there anyone that has a question for Jean? Mm. No, no, Francine. Oh, okay. Jean, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, I'd just like to check, you know, just to know if maybe someone has a question that's uh, tuned in. So um, do you have any comments or remarks on the poem uh, that Jean did share with us? On on tonight, Skysky. Um, it was very real. I found it very real, and um, somehow a a perspective that a lot of people don't really think about. You know, I I I liked it, and I you know um, and I think more more should be done to to look at. Things from you know the, the point that point of view. Mhm. 
I agree. With children. Um, do you feel that he's like he stepped into the role of being an advocate for the homeless when he wrote that piece? Absolutely not. Wait, okay. You know, that that would um, you know, the person listening would you know would have to reside on them to you know. That that would first and foremost be the, the the first thing that they would feel. I would think, you know, somebody's down on their hard times, you know, even more so that they're down within themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, so it's a it's an issue. Yeah, I feel he really gave gave a voice to that population. You know, with that piece, mm-hmm. a lot of time I think we're not really hearing them. We look at them, we judge them, we're prejudiced towards mm-hmm. them. But we're not really hearing them, hearing mm-hmm. what it is that they're saying to us, being in that condition, having the mm-hmm. mindset that they have. What is it that they're really saying? What is it that they want us to know? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I feel that he achieved that with that piece. And Jean, um, now that poem is going that poem will be featured in your uh second book, correct? Yeah. Mhm. Now my question is um the title that you chose. Uh did you have that title in mind before you started writing the poem or did it come to you after you had written several poems? That yeah, is I actually was working on a completely different theme. Mhm. And uh, it's more like, uh, it's too hard to explain. And I realized that I would have to do some of the theme with something from the comic book series. And I realized that, you know, so few people are going to understand it. I'm going to have to make so many explanations. I should just take the the collection of poetry itself mm-hmm. and take a title from what what it's mostly about. And so there are a lot of poems about love, a lot of poems about madness, a lot of poems about politics. Yeah. Um, and that it just that that rung a bell with me. Mm. And mm. then added adding the subtitle poems with explanations. I thought it, you know I think will will pique people's attention. Oh. People's okay. attention. Very well. Very well. Um. Saisky, what would you like to tell Jean about the things that you, just from what he shared already, even the piece that he he spit on the mic tonight, what would, what would you like to say as an audience to Jean? What would you like to say about how you approve or disapprove Um maybe the style or things, what can you say in the form of, um, I would say, positive um, critique that you feel would help him strengthen his skill as a spoken word artist as well as as a poet? What things can you say to him about performance you heard, um, 
Well, in general, even when he recited the poem, I think it was even better hearing him reciting it on on uh, the mic tonight. What would you like to say to him um, by, you know, on the lines of encouragement to just help him on his journey to master the craft of being a literary artist? Well, I... I have found no faults, and I and I felt I, I felt very close, and and I, I had a very good impression of what what he was trying to ex- express. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could say one thing: it, the 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 depths that you travel to, not just travel, but what you see. You know, it's it's as if you have have a magnifying glass on, on reality, really, because most of us are so content on walking by the homeless mm-hmm. and the people who are unfortunate that we don't even consider them. You know, it's 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 just a a snap of the finger to put you in that very same predicament. Mm-hmm. So, I I encourage your realism. And and um, expression, you know, um, from how how you see see it, um, you know, truly everybody has equal opportunities, you know, physically, mm-hmm. but sometimes mentally, you know, we we're we're um, I guess you could say that we don't have it, 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 it's a, it's deviated from us. The, the 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 close forces that can that can make things balanced and make make you keep keep walking. So I I would have to commend the the author and the poet. You know that you know his his stance is one that I I I can see that you're a real artist. Like you don't focus on like you said the love this and the you know, all the the emotion and all this other thing, but you're focusing on what's really right there, man. You know, it's not a fantasy, it's, it's reality and all I could say brethren is just use a piece of sandpaper and just get it smooth, smooth out your vibes and you know, that the the raw it's it's right there and I and I was very entertained and I and I felt complete um a, a good relation to what you were saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, well, well, one of the things that um, I do try to do is, is one of the things I like to do best in my poetry is to get inside other people's heads. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, tend, we tend to look at everybody else and say, what the hell are they doing? How mm-hmm. could they be like that? How could they do such a thing like that? You know, mm-hmm. we have understanding. So what I try to do is, most of my poems, to put myself in the other person's shoes, put myself in that person's place. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, one of the other poems about madness is about uh, from a couple of years ago, the the German wings airplane disaster in Europe where the uh, German pilot 
committed suicide and took the whole plane down with passengers with him? Yes. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. so I, you know, really, everybody just hated that guy, you know, and just was an evil guy. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what could possibly be going on in his head? So I, I wrote a poem about that called uh, German Wings Falling. Oh, okay. Would you like to share that poem sure. on on this platform tonight? All right. <clears throat> German Wings. Oh, sure. Yes. The mic is now in your hands. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now about to hear a live poem reading by our feature artist in the spotlight this evening, published author and poet, Jean Posniak. I have always loved flying. I became a pilot so that I could soar above the world and its problems, my problems. But I'm sorry. The energy required to keep this bus with wings in the sky is too great. Metal coffins always in the process of falling so that mm. only constant forward motion keeps them aloft. They're not really like birds. They're not really like birds as I had once dreamed of being. I do not float on the wind. I do not feel it. I hear you pounding on the door, desperate for something. Is it life you really want? No. Your shouting and pleading is just an expression of the pain of living. You're only struggling out of habit. Let me free you from this pointless torture. You'll see. When the pain suddenly ends, this is the greatest kindness I could do for the passengers in my care. Mm. Wow. That was... I really like... I like the vibe in your poetic flow. The delivery, I thought, was powerful. And it was, it was believable. You captured in essence what I would say would be the soul of that person. Um, The, the, the person that you portray in that uh, literary piece. And how was that for you, writing that piece? Did you feel that you were channeling, um, that that person was literally speaking through you, or you were literally writing um, from their first-person perspective, like an out-of-body experience? Can you share? Um, From when I heard about this, when I read about this, Mm -hmm. Now, I just thought, well, you know, really, there's only one reason people kill themselves, and that's depression. And in my life, I've suffered from low levels of depression. I know people who, I've known people who suffered from, you know, really bad depression or that required hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'll, basically, I could take my own feelings about being depressed and then multiply, try and extrapolate, multiply it. Mm. It was really bad, like chemical kind of brain, bad brain chemical kind of depression. And then it's, you feel so horrible. You can't imagine that anybody else could feel good. Wow. So 
this guy thinks that he's basically doing everyone a favor, mm-hmm. relieving mm-hmm. their pain. They don't really agree. Mm-hmm. Again, you achieved, um, it's like an empath does, feeling what another soul feels and testifying of that. Um, that's not easy for a lot of people. A, a lot of um, actors or actresses are gifted in that regard where they can literally morph into a character and they become that character. But that's not as easily done for just any and everyone. Um, how do you, uh, I would say, how do you refuel after you give out so much and emotionally, I'm sure, wow, I'm exhausting for you. And after you do that, um, what do you do to refuel? I'm energized by the song. Okay. I'm energized by, by accomplishing the goal that I had. You know, the goal was put myself in that person's head mm-hmm. and explain it, you know, uh, explain it clearly and in a beautiful, poetic way. Mm. And try and make other people feel how I felt that he felt. Now, and, is, would you say make, is one of... I'm kind of a, a natural actor since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't... I don't think it drains anything from me. In fact, like I say, it, it energizes me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of get that. Like, I think that it would be good if you could also have your book in audio form as well, because I enjoy listening to you reciting the pieces as well. There's so much emotion you get in your writing and delivery. It's true. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do both the male and female characters in my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay, in other words, no problem, you could do it, but uh, to have to do a, a female voice would kind of be uh, taking you out of your comfort zone, right? <laughs> it's not my comfort zone I'm worried about. It. It's other people's comfort zone. Oh, other people's? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, well... We definitely don't want you to have to do anything that you may not, you know, you may not feel as good about doing maybe, uh, you know, after it's done. But I, I I, have to, again, say this takes talent. It takes raw talent. It takes skill. It's not something uh, that you just throw together. I'm sure that you put time into uh, your work and working on this second mm. book, how long did it take as for the amount of time that it took for you to compose this? Oh, that that last poem was a rare one. I, I was so profoundly moved by the incident. Mm. I was, it just got into it, and I think I finished that in two days. But oh, now, Okay. I have other poems that I'm working on that I'm going to be working on right until the moment the final mm. the public gives me the final proof back. I will mm. probably mm. something. I have poems that I've well, been working on for 30 years. 
Oh, okay. I think someone has a question. Does someone have a question for Jean? I thought I heard. Yeah. I was yes. just wondering what what it, what was the initial spark that that made you even think about writing a poem poem about that. But what 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 made what was it the spark of compassion or what what made you identify mm. with this this topic well, in such a, a manner? Well, it was the horror of it first of all. Horror. You know, the mm-hmm. horror. Horror. You know, drive taking an airplane. You're talking about the last poem that I read. Mm-hmm. The yeah. one just finished. Read. Yeah. 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 So, the horror of somebody, you know committing suicide and taking everyone else on a plane with them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, wow. You know, how can you, what else could you think about for the, for the rest of the day or the week? Mm-hmm. Most people won't even want to describe it, you know, but the fact that you, you know, put some words to your, your emotions, you know, it's, I'm just curious as to what, what was the, the point? What did you feel like you needed to express, um, what was the spot, man? What made you want to write a poem about that? I, Everybody writes. I mm. want someone to tell his side of the story. Okay. He was just, just the most hated man in the world at that point. Mm-hmm. To me, I thought, you know, nobody just evilly does something like that with, with bad. No. Their, their minds are twisted somehow. How did that happen? Right. Right, right. Um, but I was asked by people who, uh, you know, I had sent it to some friends of mine, writer friends in Europe, and they asked me to wait a while mm-hmm. before publishing it in Europe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. That people who were taking it really wouldn't probably take it that well first until they had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's yeah. true. That was good advice they gave you as well. Mm-hmm. You see all the problems they're having over there right now? Mm. No, politics, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the third part of the book. <laughs> right. How about that? Your title. The what? title of your uh, soon-to-be-released book of poems. Could you give that title name again for everyone, Jean? Uh, Love, Madness, and politics. Mm-hmm. Of madness and politics. Well. <laughs> and madness, well. you know, so I guess you can say a lot of times, like I hear a lot of people now calling our current president um, a name such as the Mad Hatter. Um, <laughs> and using the word mad, you know, saying he is mad. Um I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I feel about that. Um, so it's all right by me. We have this, you know, as a you know, as as humans in general, we have this dread of going mad. And when we look at our world and all that's wrong, all that's happening, mm-hmm. that's not stable or uh, serene, a lot of times it seems like we're going mad. You know, we're looking Mm -hmm. out from the inside, looking out. 
everything, you know, this is chaos. This is crazy what's happening in today's world. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that madness. And it can drive you mad. And I think maybe that's what happened with this uh, particular individual. Um, You have to have an escape. I think we Mm. all need an outlet. If we just allow ourselves to be consumed by what's wrong in our lives or in our world, it can drive us mad. We'll go mad (laughs) whether we want to or not. Madness and and politics are often hand in hand, and and so the love and just go hand in hand. Mm. We're all mad. We're all crazy. Now, and every one of us. I think both of you. Um, first, Jean mentioned that madness and politics very often go hand in hand. Um, some mm. people right off the bat would say amen or mm. concur. <laughs> then there's some that they won't admit to that. They'll mm-hmm. sit, they'll make light of it, ha, 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 that was funny what he said. But they won't really take it to heart and consider what is it that he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it says a lot about where we are in our evolution as humanity. Um, I think as long as we're at war with ourselves, we're mad. That's my personal opinion. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah, we're mad. And and it's going to take a lot of times, you know, you don't want to think on these lines. What is it going to take for us to not be mad? What is it going to take for us to be sane and also to be at peace? Narcissism, not narcissism and self. Where, where we're complete, where, we're detached. We're detached from the rest of humanity. Where mm. we think everything, well, it can never afflict us. So that's that's mm. that's how common folk first, in a sense. Like a lot of Americans have that opinion. Mm-hmm. We're more from the rest of the world, like. What's going on in another part of this world? It, it's not our problem. It's their problem. Yeah. And that's the problem right there. Mm. We need more. We're all yeah, right. We're, we're all family after all. That's it. We should understand mm-hmm. that by now, right? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we're not. And that's why we need poets, we need writers, we need um, actors, we need artists to portray this. You know, look, this is where we are at right now, but this is where we need to get to. And yeah. if we'll get there. It may take us a decade, it may take us less than a decade, who knows. But if we're willing, we will reach that state. I think it's utopia, euphoria, whatever you want to call it, heaven on earth, paradise. But we'll reach it and... Unity. It's possible. Right, that's it. Unity. 
Yamoja, Harambe, everybody pulling together in one direction. <laughs> it's possible, right? If we of can course. just lay aside those differences, you know, those idiosyncrasies, those pet peeves, mm. those things that separate us. If we can just put those things behind us and push forward, we can reach our goals and be It's a united. mindset, you know, a whole mindset. Because even a man who, somebody who might discriminate, say, so like a white man is discriminating against a man from India or so. Mm-hmm. And that's it. the same man fall into a hole and he can't get out, you know, he's going dead. And the, the same man he's discriminating against can easily put his hand down there to, to save him. That's right. What is he, what, what he going to say then? You know, he's going to count on, 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 on love and humility and all of that, right? For that man to extend his hand to pull him out of that hole, right? You see, right. So, so it, it doesn't matter. Even an animal, an animal can save you. Mm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's like well, how, we're all, you know, we esteem others, whether it's human, whether it's plant, whether it's animal, whether it's mm-hmm. energy, spirit, whatever. How dare we esteem ourselves greater or above when we all rely on each other. We co-inhabit. We co-exist. We co-inhabit the universe. Even the plants, man. Mm -hmm. The plants, everything has to work together. But the mindset, this mindset, this this poisonous mindset that has afflicted humanity since, I guess, since we've, we've known history, Mm-hmm. You know, where 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 class distinction and you know one one superiority and all of this one in the reality of it all, we're just a, a mechanism that works mm-hmm. should work in unison to 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 fulfill whatever whatever is the 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 reason for us being here. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. until 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 we remain un unlubricated. And our gears, our the teeth in our gears, are missing. The the machine is not going to work, and humanity will never see its full potential mm-hmm. you know, because of yeah. So mindset, man, like this kind of knowledge, the knowledge that's being spread, or how how others might perceive things, the might is right type thing, obviously isn't working. You know, good good power. Look at how much of us get along, and we don't even know each other. We've never met each other face to face, but yet still here we are getting along. Y'all don't know me from Adam, nor do I know you all. But mm-hmm. here we are. We could we could have been cursing and and you know doing all kind of bad things, but here here we reside in the in the the harmony of the universe, which is 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 supposed to be. That's right. We're all united. We're kin, akin to each other. And that says a lot about the human spirit and human dignity. There is that fiber within us, that light within every man. And if we choose to allow it to shine and allow it to live, it will connect us with each other. Mm -hmm. Other it and not allow it to live, 
then we will be disconnected from each other. And that's literally death. You know, no man is an island. When you disconnect from, mm-hmm. you know, relation, you're you're alone. Uh, welcome. It looks like we have another caller, Master Scribe. Welcome, Mr. Boston. Hey, uh-huh. what's going on? Welcome. Greetings, brother. Hey, mm-hmm. Skype. What's going on, baby? Greetings. Good too, <laughs> man. Hey, <laughs> you. You spark you spark something in me, man, when you were sitting up there talking about we you don't know me from man in the damn moon, man. Mm-hmm. That's for real, you, right? you don't even know you don't even know I was in your backyard yesterday. It's true. <laughs> I was right up in your backyard, man. It's all about the status of the spiritual mind, man. That's all. That's right. That's right, man. We're all one harmony for us all, Mr. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's well, it. Miss, What's going on, Francine, baby? Hey, you know we got Gene Ozniak. Yeah, hey, I heard him. I definitely heard him, man. Selling um, heart and soul. A lot of um, very, very, I would say, uh, poetic expression that's soulful and that's, it's all realism, you know, about reality, what's going on within the minds mm. of individuals. So coming from that perspective, the psyche, and, of course, that being a field um, of study that you have expertise in, um, is there any (laughs) comments that you'd like to give Gene about what you've heard thus far that he's written? I'm going to say it in a poetic way, Mm -hmm. and you've got to listen to what I'm about to say, and I'm going to say it just like this. If we take our problems as challenge, then nothing can remove our smile. Let the hot wind of truth burn your egos to ashes, lighting self-knowledge, not just the lazy lapse of human preference. God alone cannot change our destiny. We have to act accordingly. In our spiritual realm, having an an earthly experience living is determined not so much by what life brings to you, as by the attitude you bring to life. Not so much by what happens to you as by the way your mind looks at what, at what happens. Our mind's thoughts affect the world around us. Thoughts have energy. And this entire universe is made of energy. Minds affect the world through our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Our happiness depends not on what we have, but on how we think and feel about what we have with the blessings of your mind. You will approach life with willingness, inspiration, and joyful ease. Happiness will follow you like a cute little puppy. Let self destroy the ego and your roots will grow, the root cause of most of our delusions and sufferings. We suffer from hallucinations from a false and distorted sensation of our own existence as living organisms. Most of us have the sensation that I myself is a separate center of feeling and action, living inside and bounded by the physical body, a center which confronts an external world of people and things making contact through the senses with the universe, both Mm. alien and strange. We must face reality, the conquest of nature. If we take our problems as challenge, then nothing can remove our smile. Let the hot wind of truth burn your ego into ashes, lighting self-knowledge. 
not just the lazy lamps of human preference, but transcendental awareness is our natural state if we give up the condition of mind. Our natural state is simply being oneself, not knowing anything or becoming anything. If one has realized he is that which is alone and which alone has always been, he can describe that state. He can only be that. Man is always the self, and yet he does not know it. Instead, he confounds it with the non-self, the body. Such confusion is due to ignorance. If ignorance is wiped out, the confusion will cease to exist, and the true knowledge will be unfolded by remaining in contact with realized man. He gradually loses the ignorance until its removal is complete. The internal self is thus revealed. There, a man will walk into the status of a spiritual mind. And that was that piece. Mm. Thank you. Wow, that was that was wow. good. And I really believe Gene really said in all of, of his poet poems, all of the poets' poems, that as a people, humanity, we've got a lot of evolving that we need to do. And time is of the essence. We don't have as much time as we think to to do the things that need to be done. Um, we're on borrowed time. In other words, we've wasted time. And now we're trying to catch up. And we can make a difference. We can turn the ship around before it hits the iceberg like the Titanic. Um, but we've got to change the way we think about each other. We've got to start hearing each other and listening and listening so that we can know better. I think when we know each other better, we'll treat each other with respect. A lot of times it's because of the lack of knowledge that we mistreat each other because we have preconceived notions and we prejudge. And when we learn not to do that and learn to just hear and listen and be receptive, then we can better respond to one another. Truly. And it's not easy. It's not easy when you've been conditioned to be combative or conditioned to be warlike um, in the way you entreat um, your neighbor or conditioned to be suspicious because now there's a lot going on, even subliminal uh, messages that are um, going out into the atmosphere. Even when you turn on the news, I'm now I'm very selective. Um, there was this comment that Donald Trump made about CNN, and he said CNN is fake news. And right away, people got offended. They didn't, they didn't take the time to listen and hear what is it that he's saying. What is the undertone of what he's saying? Mm-hmm. That's true. There's a message in what he's saying. We may not agree with the general statement with him, targeting CNN and saying that about CNN. But think about it. Have we not known down through the years that a lot of times what 
mass media promotes is propaganda. It's not always valid or fact-based. There's that percentage that's false. There's another commercial. There's a lot of, I think, worse things than becoming entertained. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're, we're, we're becoming subject to a lot of commercial, like, you know, it's been said, certain um, holidays, like Christmas now, it's so commercialized. Mm-hmm. True. The, the news is so commercialized to me. It's like you got to really kind of um, sift what you're Money. to get what's just raw, pure truth or fact-based. It's money, man, money. Everybody wants riches and money. And we know what sells. Like you said, it's riches and money. We know it sells. People love controversy. Oh, yeah. Or mm-hmm. controversial, the more people gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. The more sensational it is, when you sensationalize something, all you're doing is just adding false things that are not fact to it. And that embellishes it. You know, like you say, oh, you just add a few adjectives or adverbs. Well, what are you really saying? It's not the whole truth. You added something to it. It's not all raw fact or truth any longer. And this is what people tend to want. You know, it's like that saying, oh, that was such a beautiful lie. <laughs> you know, lie to me. <laughs> that's that's what we've been conditioned to want that, unfortunately, you know. All right, friend. Yes, Gene. I I I have I have to get going. Oh, okay. Well, Gene, if you can just share your contact information and and give us kind of like a update sure. as to when we can expect that second book to be released, and share uh, contact information how people can. Connect with you. Yeah, well, crazy is getting back to me more mm-hmm. slow than they did for my longer book, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, my my email is Gene Posniak, G E N E P O P O Z N I A K, one word, Gene Posniak mm. at gmail dot com. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also on Facebook. Okay, and that's Gene Posniak at Email.com? Gmail, I'm sorry, gmail.com. Mm. Okay. And um, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to connect with Gene on Facebook, he is available. You can send him a friend mm. and he will respond. And again, uh, Gene, one more time, please give your email. It's uh, Gene Posniak, G E N E P O Z N as a neighbor, I A K at gmail.com. And as soon as, uh, as soon as that book is on Amazon, you guys will be the first to know. Oh, wonderful. Well, listen, Gene, here's what we'll do for you. As soon as it drops and it is released, we definitely want to have you back because we want to help you promote that book yes. so that we can get that book into the hands of 
millions. We want to get many, many, many people reading it because we know it's going to. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not going to hurt. It's going to help because we're in a world today we need to start looking at each other in a more humane manner. Thank you so much, Dean, for your time. And thank thank you you for being our featured artist on tonight's platform. Mm -hmm. And we wish wish you the best of success with the um, Mm -hmm. book sales of your first book, Mm -hmm. which is a sci-fi novel, The Music of Distant Spheres. We definitely wish you all the best about that. And, Gene, is there anything you would like to share with anyone about that book in particular before you leave us tonight? Oh, I'm rewriting it. <laughs> You're rewriting it. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I asked. Wow. And, and um, I, I, I have no idea when that's going to be finished. I'm concentrating on the poetry right now. But I, am, I have uh, finally decided what I'm going to add to the, to the novel. Thing. Um, what compelled you to rewrite it? Just curious. Just curious to ask. Um, I guess sitting back and looking at it from a distance. Oh, okay. Years since I wrote it, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, it does get a little slow. There's really things that need. There's that common mistake I think I've made. Mm-hmm. Things are going on in my head that I'm assuming that the reader knows. Oh, okay. You don't. And that's mm-hmm. a mistake that writers make. Okay, so is it going to be, um, would you say the second one will be, like, what is it going to offer, the second one's going to offer that the first one did not already offer it? Well, it more and more interesting explanation of uh, oh. of what's going on in the protagonist's head as far as her vision and what's causing them. Okay, and, sounds and good. Aliens versus God. Wow. And I, I'm, I'm aliens like, against God. Aliens or God. They always say the second time around is always better. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, we'll hold true with you with, with your book's second write-up. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Good night. Have a wonderful evening. Peace. Good night. Good night, Bernard. Thank you. Yes, Wow, wow, wow. I tell you, you just never know. I'm glad I asked that question. Um, Now we know the book is going to be rewritten. Yes, I'm referring to the published book entitled The Music of Distant Spheres by publisher Mm -hmm. Isaac. That's good news. I mean, the first write was excellent, I thought. I thought it was uh, well-written and very intriguing. A very intriguing sci-fi novel. So this is good. This is a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. You must buy the first one now. Buy it before the second one drops because there's nothing like having the first to refer to. When you have the original mm-hmm. reference when you're reading a revised version, it's it's a wonderful thing. I'm telling you something that's mm-hmm. a fact. Um, mm-hmm. Max, anything you'd like to add? Mr. Boston, anything you'd like to add? No, ma'am. Okay. Well, we're going to have a music break, and then we're going to come back because we got to hear some more poetry from Master Scribe, and also we want to hear some more in general. Um, we're going to do some discussion about there's so much happening in our world today, 
and sometimes it's, it's good just to talk it out. I think sometimes the best remedy um, to not going mad is talking out things. When you hold things in, a lot of times you can become overwhelmed and anxious. And then when that happens, you can become very um, just nervous. And with that tension, it builds up, and then you can uh, not think right and you're not uh, feeling at ease. You're very uneasy. And when you're uneasy and you're not uh, comfortable, that's when you're more subject to a lot of things, even sicknesses and disease. So we want to prevent that. We want to talk about things that we need to start doing for ourselves so that we can have that holistic health that's beneficial Mm -hmm. for everyone. So we're going to take a music break at this time. And what I'm going to do is um, most recently the artist community experienced the transition of a legendary artist by the name of Al Jarreau. There's a, um epic song that Al Jarreau uh, did write and did the musical arrangement of, and we're going to hear that song. He's best known for it. It's entitled Moonlighting, ladies and gentlemen. Moonlighting.
Oh, my, 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 I tell you, there will never be another Al Jarreau, ladies and gentlemen. And I just want to share just a little info, and then we're going to hear from everyone on the call. His full name was Alwyn, or Alwyn Lopez Al Jarreau. He was an American singer and musician. He received a total of seven Grammy Awards and was nominated for over a dozen more. Jarreau is perhaps best known for his 1981 album, Breaking Away. He also sang the theme song of the late 1980s television series, Moonlighting, and was among the performers on the 1985 charity song, We Are the World, ladies and gentlemen. Jarreau was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on March 12, 1940, the fifth of six children. Jarreau's father was a Seventh-day Adventist church minister and singer, and his mother was a church pianist. Jarreau and his family sang together in church concerts and in benefits, and he and his mother performed at PTA meetings. Jarreau was student council president and Badger Boys State Delegate for Lincoln High School. At Boys State, he was elected governor. Jarreau went on to attend Ripon College, where he also sang with a group called the Indigos. He graduated in 1962 with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. Two years later, in 1964, he earned a master's degree in vocational rehabilitation from the University of Iowa. Jarreau also worked as a rehabilitation counselor in San Francisco and moonlighted with the jazz trio headed by George Duke. In 1967, he joined forces with acoustic guitar Julio Martinez. The duo became the star attraction at a small Sosalito nightclub called Gatsby's. This success contributed to Jarreau's decision to make professional singing his life and full-time career. In 1968, Jarreau made jazz his primary occupation. In 1969, Jarreau and Martinez headed south, where Jarreau appeared at such Los Angeles hotspots as Dino's, The Troubadour, and Bitter End West. Television exposure came from Johnny Carson, Mike Douglas, Merv Griffin, Donna Shore, and David Frost. He expanded his nightclub appearances, performing at the improv between acts of such rising star comics as Betty Midler, Bette Midler, Jimmy Walker, and John Belushi. During this period, he became involved with the United Church of Religious Science and the Church of Scientology, but he later disassociated from Scientology. Also, roughly at the same time, he began writing his own lyrics, finding that his Christian spirituality began to influence his work. In 1975, Jarreau was working with pianist Tom Canning when he was spotted by Warner Brothers Records. On Valentine's Day, 1976, he sang on the 13th episode of NBC's new Saturday Night Live, that week hosted by Peter Boyle. Soon thereafter, he released his critically acclaimed debut album, 
We Got By, which catapulted him to international fame and garnered him an Echo Award, the German equivalent of the Grammys in the United States. A second Echo Award will follow with the release of his second album, Glow. And in 1978, Al won his first Grammy Award for Best Jazz Vocal Performance for his album, Look to the Rainbow. And that is our spotlight tribute of the late, great Al Jarreau, ladies and gentlemen. Let us never forget, he lives on, he lives on. Rest in peace, Al Jarreau. Master Scribe, we're ready to hear something poetic. Oh, really? You sure? Yes. Oh, I am certain. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Okay. Story gets getting told with the different scenarios. With bullshit, without toilet paper, and the storyteller so political. Forgets to wipe his own mouth, but they use Twitter, CNN, and Fox to push the agenda to shit on the American public. Dude, solitude is dangerous to reason without being favorable to virtue. The solitary mortal is certainly luxurious, probably superstitious, and you are mad in your visual equivalent. Isolation is your fortress mentality. Let me tweet you this, Mr. President. It is hardly ever right and propitious to be in isolation without keeping your ear to what is happening in the street. You will be unable to protect yourself. The weight of society will pressure you, you pressure you to conform from your strange, perverted ideas. You have lost sight of your own smallness and limitations. You sink in quicksand without noticing. If you need to think which you do not, if you need to think, choose quicksand as a last resort. Be careful to keep your way back. Keep your way back into society. Open, you arrogant man. The serpent has a long memory. Fuck you, Donald Trump. The ability to measure people and to know who you're dealing with is an important skill of conserving power. Without it, you are blind, and that is an understatement to you. Story keeps getting told with different scenarios, with bullshit, with toilet paper, and the storyteller so political. Forgets to wipe his own mouth with, poli- with you political bitch, but these... But they use Twitter, CNN, and Fox to push the agenda to shit on the American people. I don't trust your appearance. You have a serpent's heart and you cloaked in black kindness hiding behind blustery cowardice, up, utterly undeniable in the suit, and you want to call yourself president? You stupid. Mm. You are just a fool of a clown under the seal of America's power, and you're still wearing Russian panties. You might give the people hope but never satisfaction. You're just a fake-ass whore in a cheap whorehouse called the White House, riding bareback on politics, Mr. Boston, DSR, all damn day. Oh, oh, oh. My, 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 my. I tell you, Mr. President, you just got blasted night by the pen of the master scribe. (laughs) Mr. Boston, I love it. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, woo. <laughs> well, it is what it is. <laughs> ah, I know that's right. It's anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was ready for that. <laughs> laid it. You laid down the law right there. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell us a little about when you wrote that piece, what was happening, and um, what you feel you achieved by writing that piece. Well, for one, he ain't my president. <laughs> for, for two, the man is a psycho. Mm-hmm. For three, he don't care about the people he putting on the front. It's all about his pockets, okay? And number mm-hmm. four, number four, the man is a sheep and the man is a wolf in sheep's skin. Uh oh. Period. I hear that. You know, you have to look at it like this. This man has the richest, the richest staff. Mm-hmm. Ever in the White House, all of them are rich. I think the the, the least less rich is the vice president. Now listen to me. How in the hell do you make your daughter's husband Mm-mm-mm. your chief advisor? Mm-mm. How is it that mm-hmm. how is it that he's circumnavigating, putting all of his money and stuff in trust, but yet signing it over to his son to control? That makes it still, he still have access to the everyday workings of those businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, now, he, to be able to build a giant golf course in, 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 in the Middle East, in a foreign country, you have to be in bed with those people somewhere, somehow, whether it That's- be political, monetary, or anything else. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, Mm-hmm. When it comes to this, he hires a general that is in bed with, in cahoots with the Russians and then to lie about it. But the, the fact of the matter is the president knew 17 days before he decided he was going to fire this man, okay? And the only reason why he fired this man is because it got out in the news. So he had no choice but to fire him. You feel me? Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a fact. That's the fact. And all along, like I tell you, all along, people don't know these these businessmen like Donald Trump with all this money and stuff, they have foreign investments that we don't even know about. You know, mm-hmm. the White House know about it. The people in the staff know about it, but the general public don't know about it. A businessman is not going to just invest in in America, he go invest all over the world where he can have some kind of power and control. Period. That's, right. that's mm. all I got to say on that, and that's why I wrote that piece. All right, now I I am a fan of that piece because you spoke the truth in a nutshell, no holds barred. You didn't withhold the facts. You you laid everything out on the table. You told us what is, and and now it's up to us what we choose to believe or how we choose to respond to receiving what is truth. But you gave it to us, and you gave it to us raw. You didn't add no salt, no pepper. Nope. Um, no vinegar, no hot sauce. <laughs> you said, "Look, this is this is what is, 
Now, you decide what you want to believe. That's right. Save us food for thought tonight. And I want to say to our listeners, don't doubt. You do the research for yourself. But I'm telling you, he didn't lie. Master Scribe, a.k.a. Mr. Boston, uh, DSRs, one of DSRs, Fire Inc. Elite scribes. I, I say elite meaning he's well-versed in his work, and he often engages in spreading knowledge via his pen. You're not going to get no lies from him. I'm going to tell you that now. Now, if you want the truth, hear his pieces, because he's going to give it to you. <laughs> he's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you every which way but loose. He's going to give it to you. Now, it's up to you what you do with it. Mm, you, that right there. I'd eat it. I'd go to sleep and and, and, and dream about it <laughs> and meditate <laughs> Let it go from me. You know, I would I would definitely not discharge it because it is going to help us because we're going to see, watch, a lot of people is buying into the rhetoric. Trump is starting, I'm noticing now, they were mentioning that he visited the um, African American Museum, the newest one that was just built, that the mm-hmm. Smithsonian, uh, you know, that they had built. Um, the one that, that captures all of history of the um, African diaspora from uh, the the time of of the uh, Atlantic slave trade before then. Mm-hmm. It's all that. Now, supposedly he visited the um, museum, him, his wife. Uh, this was something most recent. And um, then visited another African American uh, landmark, uh, a historic site. My concern of all of that is this: now you want to do damage control. Mm-hmm. I remember you were saying African Americans. If you feel that you're not being treated right, if you feel you're not being respected here, then go to Africa. He was quoted as having said that before he was inaug- before the inauguration. So now you're 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 sympathetic because it's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. That message out there trying to 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 win win our approval. We're not we don't forget that easy or easily. We remember what you said not too long ago about us. And how we need to go back. We need to go to Africa. We don't like the way we're being treated here and this and that. And um, Well, how about this? You don't like the way people are responding to you? Why don't you go back to where your people come from? Because it is a known fact that they are definitely descendants of immigrants. How about that, Mr. Trump? Mm-hmm. 
Mm. 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 <laughs> mm. Yeah, you so quick to tell immigrants, like, you ain't one yourself. Yeah. And married His wife is an immigrant. And married to one. And was born and conceived by one. Yeah. But you ready to tell the immigrants, you know, they got to go because you ain't got the proper papers. You don't have the proper identification. Well, excuse me. How about we tell them, look, we give them a time frame and say if you're going to live in America, there's certain identification that's required. Even the American-born citizens have to have it. So this is what you have to do, and we're giving you this amount of time to do it. Let's be fair. But when you just rush them out and you want to label all of them as criminals and drug lords or um, gang members, no, thank you. That's not fair. It's not justified. It's not even valid. So what do we say to that? Everybody's effing you. Mr. President, <laughs> it's of it. Mm-hmm. Like you're a hypocrite. You say you want to make America great again, but what are you doing to achieve that? Mm-hmm. We got to practice. We got to put into practice principles. Where was it? Uh, sorry. No, go right on the no, I just bring the devil's advocate there, man. I turn in a sense. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to say something, but I, I thought I better not. Oh, no, no, no. You better. <laughs> Go right on ahead. Help yourself. This platform, we believe in freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Right to express yourself. Uh, the 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 quote make America great again. Mhm. So that that's what I was going to kind of elaborate on a bit. Sure. But that maybe was pretty much what what the current president of the United States used as his campaign cliche. Oh. Yeah, that's what he he decided on, and he used it. And a lot of people brought into that rhetoric. They believe, oh, he's going to do something for this country that we, we've we been long awaiting. We need more jobs. We need jobs to come back to West and so forth. So he really caught a lot of fish. He used that as bait. Mm. And he caught a lot of fish with that bait. A lot of people brought into his rhetoric. But now they're seeing, well, wait a minute. Now, this man, the first 100 days, he's still in, in that 100 countdown. What all have we really seen him performing that is making this country great? Or is it making this country more uh, chaotic? Are we more at war from within now than we were before? What's really great again these are the questions we have to ask ourselves did we buy yeah. into his lies did we buy into rhetoric we gave this benefit of the doubt we really believed him we gave, you know we thought oh he's sincere 
I think we're already starting to see. A lot of us, we kind of just, we gave them a benefit of the doubt. We said, you know, you, we'll give them a chance. You know, what do we have to lose? That's what a lot of people said. Mm-hmm. A lot of minorities, African-Americans, you know, give them a chance. A lot of people that, in their heart of hearts, they would have voted for Hillary. They say, you know what? Let's give him a chance. He's an outsider. Maybe he'll do something that needs to be done for a change, you know. So we get what we buy. Like when you go in the store, you get what you buy. (laughs) We bought into this rhetoric. We believed in him. We did. He He had a lot of us convinced. Oh, he's going to do something that's never been done before. You know, he's got our best interests at heart. So you trust, you know, you put your guard, take your guard down, and you say, hmm, here's our best interest. Mm-hmm. Right away, as soon as he got in office, they said he changed the Oval Office furnishings. He started changing right away. Mm-mm-mm. That right wow. there was a sign. They said um, President Obama had a bust uh, of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. put in, and I think it replaced a bust of Winston Churchill. And I think they said one of the things he did was he replaced it and took out what the president put in. The president's reason for changing it was he felt that the dream no longer was a dream. And we should always remember that um, we have to live the dream. What we want to see, it's it's within us. It's up to us. So, you know, to me, I question his motives. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got this power seat of authority now. And we're already seeing it's it's just a whole lot of things he says and he does he does. It's just it's 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 causing confusion, it's causing a lot of unrest, civil unrest within our borders. And this is not at all what we had hoped for. And I think now it's that time where people have to really say to themselves, are are we seeing him making America great again or are we seeing America becoming worse off than it's ever been? Well, you have to look at it. You know, nobody wants to deal with him. None of our foreign foreign allies want to deal with him. You know, and that's bad. Oh, yeah. Your allies don't want to deal Mm -hmm. With their current friend, that's not a state of affairs that you want to see. We need our allies. Mm-hmm. Without that's our definitely. allies, when we go to war, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Who's got our back? We don't have allies in our corner. We don't have nothing. Mm-hmm. 
I think right now, even Israel, it's like, you know, they don't know where to place him. They're like, where is his self-interest? Where is his interest lies? Is he really forced? Is he going to help us like the other presidents have? I mean, it's it's really, it, it's something to, to really reflect on. I think ultimately, we the people have to decide our fate. It's not the White House. It's not the government that decides our fate. We do. Whether we or swim, that's a choice we make every day. Mm-hmm. And if we come together and really unite and become a one mind, I think we can really see who's really the powerful. You know, we've been thinking it's been the government, but they have to be elected. We're the ones that do that. I think we need to wake up and realize the power that we truly possess mm-hmm. and start executing and unite, become a united front. I think when we become a united front, as we the people should be, that's when the government, we can place demands on the government. Mm-hmm. And they have to listen. That's when they realize, oh, my, we can't do a thing with the, you know, they, mm-hmm. they done woke up. <laughs> they done woke up. They realized they had the power all along. We only had control because they gave it to us. We allowed they they allowed us to herd them as sheep. That's why we had control. But now they done woke up. They ain't sheep no more. They wolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. They eat nuts. We got to flip the strip on them. Mm-hmm. I think it was you that said in that poem, you said, you know, he's been that wolf in that sheep clothing. Now it's time for us. Y'all going to see. Y'all going to see. Right? Y'all going to see. I'm telling you, I've been telling everybody, you, this man is not going to be in office in two years. Mm-hmm. You sure did. I remember when you first said it. It got so mm-hmm. quiet when the slept. I was wondering, did everybody leave? <laughs> mm-hmm. They were taking it in. You dropped the bomb. Mm-hmm. You, the... you just watch. It is. There it is. You can't keep one thing about it is cost you rich. You can't mm-hmm. mess with rich folks' money. Mm-mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? You can't mess mm-hmm. with rich folks' money because they people would. Mm-mm. That's right. That is it. Mm-hmm. We touched mm-hmm. on that too. I think it was last week about you know college guys. Mm-hmm. We were touching on it about it being. Like a horse race, you know, the rich. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of money riding yeah. on the one they want to win. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Don't let something mm-hmm. happen. Don't let them break a leg. You know, mm-hmm. that it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Money be a on that. It's going to be a big problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got to pull that money. line. He got to say what they tell him to say. Mm-hmm. What him. 
someone was telling me, oh, well, you know, he got the money. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute now. You talking about the Koch brothers? You talking about the NRA? Those are the people, people going to be behind. Yeah, they, the Koch but, brothers are going to be the ones behind getting them out of there. Mm-hmm. 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 He represents them now. If he don't do what he's supposed to do, he's not indispensable. You know, they got ways. Look, next thing we know, Trump out. They found something. <laughs> like Hillary. All of a sudden, we start hearing about the email. Mm-hmm. And why is that just dominating everything? The next thing you know, she ain't nobody voting for her that was voting for her in the beginning. Exactly. It was Started all Wait a minute. This is strategic here. This is politics. Of course. Of course. It's a strategic move. Very strategic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, they built their, their system on money. Well, mm-hmm. Take it no. Take yeah. it no. Take it no, my son. Take That's it no. That's it. Mm-hmm. I said it's capitalistic nation. That mm-hmm. it 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 governs it governs in America. It governs worldwide. You know, if the mm-hmm. price things change, laws change, mm-hmm. outcomes are made to change. Money is the mm-hmm. bottom line, unfortunately. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Money in the bottom line, in the depth, in the depth of humanity as we know it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. yeah, the curse. Mm-hmm. curse. Mm-hmm. I think on this nation, on especially on America, you know, you put so much emphasis on materialism. A lot mm-hmm. of people ever notice the Statue of Liberty is the color of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they're making a mockery of the U.S. actually with that gift. Mm-hmm. And something about us, you know. You don't. If you ever have you ever been to the Statue of Liberty? I've never gone there. And you ought to go. You ought to go because you will see that on the feet of that Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. the chains are still. The chains are still there. What? Yeah, the chains are still on the feet. Most definitely. Oh no, that's saying something right there. Mm-hmm. They changed the head of that. They changed the head. It was a black woman's face on that. Right, the original, the original, original right, right. The African American woman, it. who mm-hmm. was free, and she held a lamp light. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was something. It was never designed. Mm-hmm. It was not originally in the plan because mm-hmm. I believe the Moors were the first establishers mm-hmm. of government here in the U.S. It was never originally in the plan for us to be slaves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. It's a lot. A lot of truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Revealed. And we did it for some of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much is still hidden, you know. Mm-hmm. When, I bring, when I bring that up, when I bring that up, the change is still on the Statue of Liberty feet. And people say, what? I've been to that. I didn't see it. I say, you ain't look close enough. It's there, there, there. There, there. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Chains? Uh, the chains on the bottom of her? Mm-hmm. The chains on the bottom of her feet? Yeah, wow. sure is. You ever notice something? If you look, if you ever see a shot of the
close up, and when you do see him close up, it's from a wet from from three quarters of her below yes. her knees and up. You never yes. see it. If you do see a full picture of the Statue of Liberty, it's from a distance. Mm. Wonder why that is. Why? Mm. I, are, are the chains broken or they're intact? They're intact. Mm. Chains wow. are not broken. They are intact. Wow. That's mm. that's quite a statement. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a statement, man. Mm-hmm. That's why people, when people go, people go, people go visiting these historical sites and stuff, mm-hmm. and they never, they never check the background of what they're going to see. They go That's and see it, they take pictures. I've been mm-hmm. to the Statue of Liberty. I've been to the Okay, you've been to the Statue of Liberty, but what did you learn from being there? You mm-hmm. see? See, uh, when I was over in Saudi Arabia, I got to see a one of the first Qurans, and I got to see one of the first Bibles. Mm-hmm. And they are guarded. I mean, they are so precious. Mm. They have them in a sealed room mm-hmm. with a with temperature control, and they got twenty four hour military guards around them. And you can they got this big giant plate glass window. You can go and see it, but they won't allow you to take no pictures of it. Period. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and it's written not in Hebrew at all. Mm-hmm. It's written it's written in Aramaic. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's written in Aramaic. It's not written in Hebrew. It's written That's in right. Aramaic. Mm-hmm. They found it. They found it in the cave. They found it in a cave wrapped in a. The story says. Well, the thing says it, they found it in a cave. They found both of them in two different caves. Mm-hmm. And they was they were wrapped in goat skin and mm-hmm. and wrapped in goat skin and then wrapped again in papyrus and then wrapped again in sheep skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mhm. Yeah, they, they won't. Again, they won't tell you that information. They won't even not tell you that information. But you, if you go over to Saudi Arabia, they'll t- tell you the whole truth about it. And my question is: Does Vatican purchase that? Because I know no, they, Vatican, something I, I is found. They they quickly put a price on it. Yeah, but they can't get that one. Oh, okay. They can't get neither one of those. Those both of those are in Saudi Arabia. Those are historical heirlooms. Right. Yeah, because you know they've been trying. Like there was the one Bible was written in Aramaic. They said and in leather it was the oldest version ever written, and they put a price mm-hmm. right away. Mhm. They paid they like so much for it. Yeah, they haven't. I mean, you know, they got the money to do it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one thing they try to do. They they want to control so much that anything that's precious or value, that's intellectual property or whatever, you gonna the Vatican's got it, got the original copy there, and it'll be replicated and put in a museum. But the original copy they have, they hoard it. Mm-hmm. They won't get that one. So, mm-hmm. They want to this day. They've been trying to get possession of the Ark of Covenant. But from mm-hmm. what I was told, the Ethiopians um, are guarding mm-hmm. that. They will not allow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah, they never get that. They'll never get that. And then there's the ark that was. Uh, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, they found that up on a the mountain. They said actual relics mm-hmm. of the ark. 
was um, recorded as being built by Noah, which we found out reading the actual um, the Dead Sea Scrolls listed in the Book of Enoch that there were actual um, uh, spirit beings that literally built it. So Noah himself did not build it alone. Exactly. People don't want exactly. to touch on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I had, an argument, I had an argument today mm-hmm. about about God. Mm. And the person told me, he says, I've seen God. God has touched me. I said, okay. So I said, if you've seen God, tell me how you saw him. Mm-hmm. I said, God is a spirit. And I said, how do you see God? I said, how could you be, if God is a spirit, then how can he make you in the likeness of him? Okay? Spirit has no, spirit has no face. Spirit has no form. So how did God make you in his likeness? And he, he said, because I look like him. I said, that's a dumb answer. I said, mm. listen to me. I said, God is an alien. He said, how could God be an alien? I said, God is a spirit, right? God ain't, on, God ain't from this <laughs> earth, right? <laughs> and I said, well, God's an alien. And I said, you are alien. I said, because you, you wasn't even born in this country, so that makes you an alien. Come I said, on. now, if I go to your country, they'll make me an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, and then he, he talking about, well, I don't want to talk to you no more. You 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 getting too scientific. I said, that's common knowledge, man. It's common sense. Right, right. That's earthly sense. knowledge, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, all right, okay, whatever, you know. But I went on and on with him. I went I went back and forth with him, and I had to break some DNA stuff down to him and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I, and, and I had to tell him, I said, you get into that Bible and you don't even know what you're reading because you mm. don't understand it. The Helios Bibliotheque and Astrotheological Hybrid is the study of the sun. And mm. he said, no, that's God's word. I said, who said it was God's word? I said, God's word is oral. This is mm. something man wrote to try to say God said. Okay? They say God said because they want to scare you into submission. And I said, listen mm-hmm. to me. Listen, I'm the, and I don't want to take him back. I said, listen, the earth is 3.3 billion years old. And I said, when, when God supposedly made man from mud, okay, he wasn't talking about physical man. He was talking about mind, body, and spirit that, it, that he could form and see that it come back and glorify him. I said, God, God didn't make just Adam and Eve. I said, there was more people on this earth than just Adam and Eve. And in case in point, how do you get all the colors of different people? Mm, mm, you mm. can say it all in type of kind of conversations that you want. So he went on and wanted to argue the point with me. He said, well, that's just theory. And I said, well, the way you're talking to me is just theory, something that you read and something that you understood it the way you understood it, and then you brought your theory forth and tried to make me believe your theory. I don't want you to believe nothing I say. I said, what you do is you read everything, study everything, and believe nothing. And he said, what you mean by that? I said, that's common sense, bro. <laughs> and he, mm-hmm. he said, he, he, he blocked me. He deleted me and blocked me. Mm. 
Hey, people get offended because they're not willing to study and do research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they right. close their mind. They close their mind. Mm-hmm. And the cannot be fed. Yeah, and uh, and another dude came back and he said, "Brother, he said since you're so smart, what does the Quran mean?" I said, "I'm gonna tell you just like this: the Quran, the correct." Understanding of the Quran is chronology. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what the Quran means, chronology. That's exactly what it means. And he said, no, it, it, no, that is the word of Muhammad. I said, okay, whatever. I'm not going to argue the point with you. You mm-hmm. made me go there. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of I try to shy away from mm-hmm. dig, digging deep with other people arguing Arguing the Bible and the Quran and spirituality, I say what I say and I keep on moving. You can, you can. Sure. I, I give you enough information where you can go study it yourself. And if mm-hmm. you don't go study it, that's on you. I'm not going to argue it. Yes, yes, that's right. Keep your peace because you know what? A lot of times people don't want to know the truth. Nope. They can't handle the truth. They're not mm-hmm. open to receive it, and mm-hmm. they know they're not. But they will try. To wear you out and and just uh, you know have you stressing right. because they don't want to open their mind to accept. Right, and all they all they come back to fight me with is scripture, mm-hmm. scripture, and I say, well, that's something a man said. That's a philosophy that a man wrote in a book. You know? And they're taking it out of context. They're not even um, doing the study and research to know the proper context to use. Okay. You know, it's hard. It's really a shame. Yeah, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yep, it's hard. It is what it is, though. They're lost. You know, you know when you're trying to, to appeal to someone's uh, right mind and mm-hmm. they're not willing to open their mind to accept the truth, then what can you do for them? I mean, it's nope. just walk away. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, some not people think they're not gonna change. Mm-hmm. It'll so, take a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it takes a miracle, you know, it does. <laughs> it takes a miracle and you just you just have to roll with it, you know, and let it do what it do. And yeah. it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I try I, I try to explain you know, and when you get to that point where you can't explain anything to anybody and they don't want to hear it, mm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is, you know. That's right. It is what it is, so, you know. Me and mine, this is a poem I'm going to share. It's entitled Face Off. Okay. I am here. You are before me. I step forward, same as you. I leap forward, and you do too. We are opponents, worthy opponents. I jump up, you do too. We land on our feet, yet one does not stand, the other falls down hard. I quickly run towards you as you attempt to rise from the fall. I grab your arms to hold you down, but you kick my legs from under me. 
Now we both are on the ground. We wrestle and roll over as we each try to make our weight and force applied. Hold each other down. None can seemingly overcome the other. We are both bound. Then finally, after a lot of sweating, tugging, pulling, and pushing, let each other up, and we both stand my worthy opponent. I can't win for losing because I am a prisoner in my own skin. End of peace. Sometimes it's our own minds. It's our own act of better that imprisons us or prevents us from evolving. Sometimes the enemy is within us. That's all I'm saying in that piece. Face off. Sometimes we have to face ourselves. And sometimes, you know, we are our own worst enemy. Hopefully, hopefully that poem will serve its purpose for someone tonight. Maybe someone's not really seeing themselves. And they're pointing the finger and they're criticizing and they're judging and they're throwing accusations, but they're refusing to look at the man or the woman in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time to face off. Look at yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, who am I? Sometimes that's the problem. We don't take out time with ourselves, examine ourselves, see where we measure up, see what we're like. Then when we fix Mm -hmm. wrong with us, then maybe we can help somebody else. Mm -hmm. It starts with us. And I've been seeing, even with our nation, if we don't help our own, we're trying to go out there and we're trying to save and help these others, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. But if you ain't loving yourself, are you really loving your neighbor? Mm-mm. These wars we claim, it's their fault. We're at war with the enemy, excuse me. America, time to look in the mirror. You're killing your own. Time to change. Mm. Time to change. It's never too late. As long as you still have breath. I remember it being said, and it's always going to be said. As long as you still have breath, there's hope. You still have time for change. And we can. It's not too late. It's never too late. Never. And we can wake up and we can decide and deliberate and contemplate and say, you know what? This is good. This ain't good. This is better. This is best. Hey, we can do something with that. We can mm-hmm. still reason. We can discern right from wrong. Mm-hmm. We can. We can fix it. We can make Mm. things better. 
But that moment, one wakes up and they can't differentiate their left from their right and what's wrong from what's right. Mm-hmm. I want to be that someone. I wouldn't want to be in that place. Mm-hmm. That's 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 scary to me. Mm-hmm. I dread. Mm-hmm. A a person that living homeless is better mm-hmm. off than that. Because there's some rationale there. They can say, you know, I think I want to change my status. But when you can't differentiate right from wrong or what's good from what's not, you just can't reason. That's terrible. That's not a place you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Right. And we got to fight every day. We got to struggle. We got to fight. We can't give in to all the madness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of madness going on right now. There's a whole lot of corruption mm-hmm. from the White House to our house. And we got to, that's what, you know, you got to draw that line. And you got to say, look, enough is enough. Sometimes you got to say, look, what's wrong with that house? What's wrong with Capitol Hill ain't going to be wrong in my house. This <laughs> is their issue. They ain't gonna make- I got I- something to say, yo. Jay Human, just ugly. Never, I'm never struggling. Why is that? Because these wise cracks said he's ugly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, is that Donaldson? Hey, welcome. What's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that came out wrong, but still. Hey, it, it, look, sometimes what's wrong is really what's right. We just got to read between the lines. Right. We're just not struggling, though. I don't think anybody's really struggling. If you, sorry about the noise in the background, but, mm-hmm. I mean, in America, struggle is not what That's true. is really not struggling. That's true. I remember my great, my father's mother told me that years ago. traveled a lot, and she would say, you know, America doesn't know what it means to be poor. When you start traveling to these other countries, and back then, you know, they were referred to as third world countries, um, that's poor. You know, we don't know. It's a lot. Hello? That's a learn. A lot to learn. A lot for us. Well, you know, what's up, though? Yeah, what's really going on, though? I mean, you know, I was just trying to explain to somebody today about the birth certificate and how it's a, it creates a, a creates a symbiotic relationship mm. with, with the who, with who, with what? With mm-hmm. a fiction. What the legal fiction. Uh, what the legal fiction. Down to so, that. so what you're doing is when you get a, when you say, when you say nothing at all, when you just sit back and just live your life, right. And don't say anything and you accept, the birth certificate, right, and then let the state govern your intellectual property, what what you end up doing is pre- allowing a symbiotic relationship to proceed, which has the result of creating a jurisdiction over your a person. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that 
truth. And I, I'm not with that. You know, I'm, the, I'm with the truth, but I'm not with the creation of the personal jurisdiction that is through symbiosis. And you know what it comes down to is we didn't learn about symbiosis in, when it comes to the legal when we were in school, we learned about symbiosis and, and what biology, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't think of it in terms of government and also how, you know, what I was trying to explain to the friend that I was just uh, talking about was, was how private conduct literally becomes state action. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the way that that can happen is in like a three different ways and more probably, but Symbiosis is one of those ways. Entanglement and intertwinement is another. Okay. But yes. the point is, is if you have if you have a, a intertwinement or an entanglement, that would be something like a corporation, a business who relies on police power to enforce its private law on on patrons or something like that, right? But, right. But but when it comes to like symbiosis. Now, that's a mutually beneficial relationship, you see. Mm-hmm. They, even though this, so, so, the, so the business owner is actually paying for the service, so, so their action is state action, but the symbiosis, the symbiosis is created, it doesn't, it doesn't require payment. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for a symbiosis to exist. And so, because check it out, you were born, right? And you still got a birth certificate. You didn't even have to pay for it. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But you have to go and pay for Department of Motor Vehicle ID, right? So, there, so what you can do is you, here's my remedy, and I'll close with this, that you use the birth certificate, right, mm-hmm. and, you, and you disaffirm. Disaffirm that right away and use... Use your Department of Motor Vehicles ID to prove that you are reached the age of majority in the system. Mm-hmm. And if you have, you have to use it in combination like that. Don't think, don't believe the hype. A lot of people will get you to believe that using the state Department of Motor Vehicles is somehow contracting with the state, but it's not true. That's a mm-hmm. unilateral agreement. There's no one signing anything there either. Mm-hmm. It's just you. It's just you. That's right. So when you, so so later on, you can come in with your with your ID. You go to the notary or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just let you let the the local registry know wherever who has your birth certificate, or the state the state attorney. Uh, could it could be the, uh, what, the secretary of state that you want to let know that ultimately you no longer agree for them to do what. Protect what? Your name, your intellectual property. Then, mm-hmm. And so what you have to do also is be prepared to give the meat and bounds of the property itself. The name is the identifier for what? The body, right? You're not movable land, and we're not going to even go there. Mm-hmm. You are God's property. Mm-hmm. Period. I heard and that. So, Boom. You know, I mean, that kind of killed it. But if you're God's property, then who can lay claim to you? You know, I mean, that's I mean, mm-hmm. this is why you have to really appreciate growing up in a Christian home with a Christian name and not knowing the value of it later on would be suddenly, would just suddenly appear to you like, 
like, wow, my mother and father, even though they probably didn't even know it by naming all of us after the biblical characters, were actually doing us a huge favor. Because I have and you have, everyone on this call has a God-given name, mm-hmm. right? That has been basically what I, it's, it's been hijacked by the civil authorities, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we agree through presumption of law that that's the way it's supposed to be, that they can go ahead and protect our name for us. What I'm suggesting is we should organize mm-hmm. and get groups together that actually protect each other's names. In other words, we're two or more of it to gather together. There mm. he is in the midst of us. Oh, my goodness. Mm. <laughs> that united front. We were talking about that earlier on. Oh, my goodness. We, gotta, we the people, we've got to unite as we. Ooh. I'm feeling the fire right now. I mean, it's not just it's not just we the people uniting because the idea is that when I'm when I say yes to the birth certificate, right? Mm-hmm. Now I have agreed to be a member of the body politic but of a minority status. Not mm-hmm. even that. Okay. That's bondage. Hell yeah, it's bondage. Why do you think there's a bond number on the birth certificate? About that. There you go. Bingo, bango, bongo. Oh, my goodness. Mm-mm. So there's a bond. And what that bond represents is actually liability. And mm-hmm. it, it really comes down to being responsible for your debts. You know, like mm-hmm. like liability for damage that you could possibly cause to the other people's property at when you're a minor. But we, but when you become the age of majority, now it's presumed that you're going to be able to handle your own affairs, right? But not a lot of people actually do that. Yeah. They never step up to the plate and say, hey, okay, uh, I'm actually, I've actually reached the age of majority now. And I, I can anyone prove otherwise? Mm. If, if not, back the scrotum up. Because the idea is... If you never put it on record that you have reached the age of majority, then mm-hmm. what do you think exists? A presumption mm-hmm. that you have not. Right. Mm-hmm. And that everyone that's listening should take this to heart and think about going into probate court, family court, right? Mm-hmm. That area, and getting a declaration making a declaration that you have reached the age of majority and filing a motion for proof of claim that if anyone can prove that you have not. Mm. Because this way, you'll have a court record that proves you've reached the age of majority. Now, who's going to challenge your legal claim? Who's going to say you don't have capacity to sue or do what you want to fucking do in the legal world? No one. Because you have a court order. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. I'm in the process of doing that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just, just so you know, I'm very unhappy right now in my life. Unhappy. Mm-hmm. Although you, you can feel my joy about this unhappiness 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to explain that, but I am super happy. Uh, I'm super joyful about this because when I was forced to get state ID by the bank, mm-hmm. here's, how it all, here's how it all started. I got an insurance claim, $6,500, right? I settled it by myself in three weeks over the phone, and I didn't even have to send a piece of paper, okay? And they sent me a check for six, two checks, one for 5500 and another for 1000 The bank gave me a hard time and didn't want to cash the check for mm. me, right? Which is basically cash. The mm-hmm. check is cash, and I endorsed it to somebody, and they demanded to see my ID also, which is basically the endorser's ID, and that actually violates the California Commercial Code, as well as the Uniform Commercial Code. Nowhere mm. in there does it. That's bank's policy. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's not... So what, what I ended up doing was going and... and see, four years ago, I revoked my signature with the Department of Motor Vehicles. I, I've told the story before, but so I'll keep it brief. Okay. I, I pulled off of the, mm. of the department. For some reason, I just I suspected them of fraud or something like that, right? Okay. They denied the fraud, but then they told me they would cancel my ID. So I, what I did was I sent them the ID back, but I also sent them the form as well. So mm-hmm. presumably I can cancel my ID, and I even have the notarized documents of the signature, signature revocation, yada, yada. Point being, a couple days ago, I realized, oh, my goodness, the bank, the bank actually... Broke my happiness, you guys. They breached my happiness. They say they compelled me to associate with government personnel, right? By mm-hmm. by, by saying by passing down their own their very own governmental obligation, and I'm not even a customer. In other words, customers mm-hmm. who are setting up accounts. This is under Title Thirty One, One Hundred Three Point One Two One. Right. This is the banking code. That if you're setting up an account, they have to have a customer identification program, and they have to they have certain like ID that you have to have two forms of government issued ID and all that type of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But what about non-customers? It's not in there. It's nowhere. Non-customers actually get the exception to the rule. So Mm -hmm. by saying that me as a check casher, I have to actually have two forms of government issued ID, that violates commercial code. Mm-hmm. See, most people don't know that, though. Mm-hmm. I knew it. So what happened was I said, okay, fine. I, I, I went and I got it. Now I have government-issued ID in my pocket, right? So, mm-hmm. But I also have the receipt okay. from the Department of Motor Vehicles, which is evidence that I – and I got the check-cashing receipt, too, when I cashed my check at the Western Union, not – the bank where mm-hmm. it was drawn on, guess what, you guys? I now have paper trail evidence against mm. Chase for compelling mm-hmm. me to associate with a corporation who will do what? Who will do what? Provide a freaking service? Okay, so now I have a bill that I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a bill, okay? Mm-hmm. Also, Prove how what you did, because you have a government obligation, right? Yeah. That is not how you don't owe me for having to go and do all that and also wait all this extra time. You get what I'm saying? 
I don't know. It's hard to explain that, but mm-hmm. I think I think ultimately what I've done is taken this concept of revocation of signature for good cause that I did with the Department of Motor Vehicles and apply it to the birth certificate. And when I thought of that, I was like, it, everything opened up for me. I then realized, you guys, that if we send our birth certificate back okay. and say, no, no, thank you, the same way I did with the driver's license or li- the, the ID, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that will totally eliminate any type of minimum contact with the state. The whole thing is minimum contact or symbiosis or nexus. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With, without that nexus, then there is no um, like authority on the civil side to actually control. Like you say, you walk across the street and the cop says, "Hey, that's jaywalking." You're like, "Yeah." So in your that's your code for your for your mm-hmm. society. I'm not in it. You don't have my name. In other words, I'll, I'll tell you my name, but you don't have my name, if right. you get what I'm saying. No possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have my name. I have it. I have Over your eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm governing the name. In other words, like I'm walking across the street because I'm well aware of the fact that if there was liability involved, I could pay for it. You see? And that's Mm. the whole thing. They don't expect you to be knowledgeable enough, right, to know that you'll have to pay for something if you break it. Do they seriously think that you are a baby? Gotten out. Mm. It's that minority status label. Mm -hmm. They seriously think everyone is is Mm -hmm. dumb. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So... My my whole goal is to start an organization right now that will help to um, you. What you want to do is like prove that you have reached the age of majority on the record. Mm-hmm. So if you want help with that right now, and you're willing to actually pay the court fees and maybe a little extra on top of that for me doing the process, the, all the writing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Get with me, and I'll help you do that. Like, there's nothing organized. I'm not a business or anything like that. I'm just some guy that's trying to get by, you know. Mm-hmm. And but it's this is a this is something that's real, right? Like taking right control over your self, being responsible. Mm-hmm. Like this is what it really means to be responsible. Mm. Yeah. To, to what does it really mean to be responsible as a man or a woman in America today? If you ask Donaldson, mm-hmm. it, it means knowing who you are in the legal system and also spiritually, too. Knowing who you are spiritually mm-hmm. first, then knowing who you are, in, it'll obviously all come together after you know who you are spiritually. But yeah, that's it. Yes, I want to welcome to the yeah. call. It looks like uh, 346 is on the call. Welcome. Hello. How y'all doing today? This is Miss Royalty. Yes. Hi, Miss Welcome. This is Faith the Poet, host of the Exceptional School Show. We were just listening as um, uh, Donaldson, second son of Donald, was sharing with everyone some insight regarding our current status. 
for many of us who have birth certificates, uh, we're not even well aware of what that means or the processing of um, being registered. Um, having a birth certificate does entail. Um, is there any questions you might have on that subject matter? No, because I kind of got in late, so I didn't hear all of it, so I wouldn't really have a valid uh, opinion to express on that. Okay. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll just shed a little light on, on the matter just so that I can bring you up to speed and Donaldson will share whatever I don't share. So listen closely. It goes like this. And this is um, information that is accessible for any and everyone you can Look this up. You can go to a public, free public library, or you can just um, look it up in the encyclopedia, or you could even look it up online. Um, but it is information that is accessible to us. It's right at your fingertips. It's all about what are you willing to acquire. If you're willing to get it, it's, it's available to you, the birth certificate. The child is born. The hospital sends the original, not a copy, of the record of live birth to the State Bureau of Vital Statistics, sometimes called the Department of Health and Rehabilitative Services, HRS. Each state is required to supply the United States with birth, death, and health statistics. The state that receives the original record of live birth keeps it and then issues the birth certificate in the corrupted, all-caps version of the baby's true name. Can I interrupt for a second? You know why you just said something that was important? You said the state is required. Not you. No man or woman is required to have the birth certificate, but the state is. Okay, yes. back to you. Go ahead. Because right, it's all about registry. registry. Yeah. Um, the birth certificate issued by the state is then registered with the U.S. Department of Commerce. Note, Department of Commerce. The executive office, specifically through their own sub-agency, the U.S. Census Bureau, which is responsible to register vital statistics from all the states, the word registered that is used with commercial or legal-based equity law does not mean that the all-caps name was merely noted in a book for reference. Purposes when the birth certificate is with the U.S. Yeah. of Commerce, it means that the all caps legal person named thereon has become a surety or a guarantor, a condition and obligation that is automatic and unwittingly assumed unless you rebut the presumption by effectively yeah. noticing them. It ain't me. How the hell did you remember all of that? <laughs> did not memorize this. I got <laughs> this one foul. <laughs> this is real. I mean, this is really important that we know this. A lot of people, you know, if you don't seek, you won't find, okay? I've done some searching in my life. Not there yet. I'm still searching. But I think it's important for us to know what we has succumbed to in, in in all due respect being having a birth certificate, what that means and you know, being registered 
out of state, what that all entails. It's just so much involved here. A lot of times, Sage, consider Sage. processing and, and what this status means. Let me correct you. You don't ever have a birth certificate, okay? It's the state that has it. Right. You, okay, they have the title. Now, they give you a copy of the birth certificate, which means they hold the title. First of all, you said the state is required, right? And yeah. you also, And I just told you right now that you get a copy of the birth certificate, which is true. So now I have two pieces of evidence to use in my favor to prove, mm-hmm. guess what? That it's not your certificate at all, that it actually is only benefiting the state. Mm-hmm. And that, guess what? I have it on very good knowledge that the people and the state are two separate things. That's true. The people are not the same thing as the state, as we have been led to believe. Mm-mm-mm. And so when you, when you literally say no thanks to the state, keeping track of your birth certificate, what you're saying is, and wait, hold on, let me correct myself, hold on. When you say no thank you to accept to the presumption right. that right that you uh are taking a benefit okay mm-hmm. of protection of your intellectual property right which is your name right fine. even though even though there may be someone out there with your name which means you would have to be specific if you were going to register your name you would have to also put the meets and bounds this is why the birth certificate is it has all your description on it Okay, that's the meets and bounds of the property of the thing, you know, the res. The, but the trust res, right? We're talking about trust now in a sense. I mean, contracts are trust. Goodness, this is deep. But the issue primarily is that you never signed for the birth certificate. You were just issued a birth certificate, and it identified an infant or a minor in the system that would eventually grow up and reach the age of majority, which at that point, right, mm-hmm. would then have to do certain things, would, would be determined to be basically of the age of majority and capable of negotiating its own affairs, right? Right. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't quite work out that way because there is this thing called the attorney, the lawyer, right? I mean, if you really think about it, have you ever gone into a court and and without an attorney, you don't really try to do that very often. And, <laughs> right. And and a lot of times when you do that, I mean, it presents this image that you are actually not competent to handle your legal affairs. And the reason is because no one has actually ever claimed to have reached the age of majority on the record. Because if you could, if you knew that you were supposed to actually put on the record that you had reached the age of majority, and that no one could rebut that, then you would do it, and they would prove that you were of uh, you, that you were competent to handle your own legal matters. I mean, you know what this would help out in is several different ways. On the local level, it could help out with legislation to stop uh, things or or to start things that you want to have happen or don't have happen in your community. On the statewide level, of course, they could work to prevent crime that's happening by local officials against people that are hurt, you know, in the, in the communities. And then as well as a, as a federal level, you know, all of these things are going to be able to, uh, you know, allow you as an individual to w- literally wield the power of the federal government, even, even the power of God, 
you know, as a as a private person, I'll say the power of God, because the God of this society is the the power of the people. Mm-hmm. So the God, like I'm, I don't know what that noise is, but the God of this society is the people. And when you say, "Hey, look, I'm I'm not even part of the people," right? So I'm not part of that. I'm a different God. I'm something altogether sovereign. Mm-hmm. Now, that that other God known as the people has no authority over you. You're something outside the jurisdiction. I mean, that's literally how it works. So that's I'm not, like when you put down, instead of saying I'm black or white, I'm other. Okay, Actually, so what would be the question of what, of what, of what you want me to chime in on? What, what, what's the question? So I can be clear as to what I'm about to say. You can comment wherever you are comfortable with responding at. I'm not so going to... We're trying and, to figure out what's the point of a birth certificate? Is that what we're trying no, to... No, actually, actually what we were touching on is what does it mean when <laughs> one of, when one has been registered your you you know your birth is registered um and and what that whole process <laughs> entails and well, what, what I mean, actually really mean actually actually oh. what I, to be clear to be clear and what I was saying is that the the symbiosis is created when when a person just sits back and just accepts that the state gets to govern their name with a birth certificate and they get the copy of it you see why don't right. you have the original why don't you have the original? This is my question. And I That's, know what that means. It means it's, there's a symbiosis, a mutually beneficial relationship created when you accept it. And I'm wondering, if we stop doing that, right, what, would we be able to literally change the communities for, the, for, the, for good? In other that words, would be the infrastructure as, as for the system and how it's been set up. The so, but, I think the sister was trying to say something, and I was rude, but I, just, I had to get that out there. Thank you. It's okay. What I'm thinking, what I feel the birth certificate is, what they do that for is just to get an accountability of who's here, and what a number, a number basically uh, taken as to how many people are born here in the United States and how many people are born there, whatever, wherever they're coming from. So it's to kind of keep a track and a, and a uh, number of how many races of this, how many black people, how many white people, how many uh, uh, Mexican people that were born here. And that's all I think that that piece of paper is pretty much about. You know it's what? Nothing you, or you know, can well, I interject? Let me interject. You're <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, about, just about this one point because, like, you're right because that means it, it proves that it's a government ob- objective. Mm-hmm. So back to you. Yep, it is. It's basically for it's basically really for the government. It's not really for you. It's it's just for them to keep an account of who's all here and who was born here and who was born where. A little more that goes on with that. Interesting. Why is it that your foot is stamped? Like animals are stamped. That's because that's how they can go ahead and get your uh fingerprints 
uh, at an early age because no one has the same fingerprint and no one has the same identity of even the uh, uh, retina of your eye. So they go ahead to me is to get that already. That would never change. Even though you grow, your feet grow bigger, but that print is Well, really why aren't they using that for identification purposes when you're grown? Asking me to take my shoe off so I can um, make sure by confirmation that it's the same foot print on 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 the foot that was stamped on now there there it's a process it's a process it all means something the form of branding and a form of enslavement and bondage there's information i'd like to send to you are you on facebook yes i am on facebook i am on facebook at i am royalty mm-hmm. with the letter d behind it i am royalty that's all together i am royalty and the letter d behind it I definitely have to send you some information, sister. You must review it. Okay, I will. To it. But what you're saying is correct. I'm not saying that you're wrong in anything that you're saying. I'm just saying there's another piece to that. Okay. No doubt. No doubt, you guys. She's right about that. My point is merely about the symbiosis and mm-hmm. how if you if you get rid of that symbiosis, there's a good chance that if enough people – remove that element in their communities that they could create a sovereign body of people of peers mm-hmm. that would that would actually serve to prove to prove a political purpose you know to actually get some some real work done in the on the political scene that's all but she's totally right though there's a lot of missing pieces you know mm-hmm. i mean there i mean if you really think about it this entire, like, the entire idea of slavery, right, has never really ended. It just shifted into something else altogether. I mean, right? Like, now your labor is presumed As- to be property, which you, it's somehow taxable. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And there's that identification of what the United States is, and the United States is listed as a corporation. That concerns me when you say this is my land, this is my country. But excuse me, have you ever looked it up in a legal context? What is the United States? If it's saying it's a corporation and an entity, then it's giving it an identification outside of being one of a mere land jurisdiction distinction. But you never signed you never signed anything though with that. See, the same thing goes with the birth certificate. You never signed anything to get the certificate. Not the copy, but the actual title. When your parents did it, that's why your status under law is actually presumed to be the status of your parents until you may declare something different. Mhm. 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 That's some facts knowledge right there for you. And 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 we're just talking. We're just. This is just what is reality. We're not. You know, this is not far fetched. This is not some kind of conspiracy theory. This is all fact based. You're basing it on this is public knowledge. Some are very much aware of this. And how it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you how. I was was brought up in foster homes. 
So mm-hmm. I, I, when I was eight, uh, three years old, I was taken away from my parents by the state. Mm. Okay. And the re- one of the reasons I found out was, one, well, one of the things I found out later on was that my father was, uh, was I guess he was drafted to go to Vietnam. And he wigged mm-hmm. out on the, on the airplane on the way over there. And so he got a dishonorable discharge mm-hmm. from, the, from the Army. But shortly after that, his entire family got split up, too, by the state. Mm. Okay. And uh, even though there was these allegations of abuse, my dad was, I mean, abusive. But I I don't know how, if he was more or less abusive than any other parent. I just don't have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I have firsthand knowledge though, of the state's interaction and intervention and breakup of the family, right. my family, based mm-hmm. on what? My dad's incompetency, if you ask me, because he exhibited something that proved him to be maybe some semi-incompetent, then they, what they did was they punished him by, by, tearing him, by breaking up the family. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's, my, that's what I, I mean, maybe that's not fact, but that's the way, that's the, way the evidence appears to me. And I'm I'm 42 years old, and I've been studying law for about six or seven years now. And I wish I would have started earlier, but I have it on pretty good knowledge right now that the state is not the parent here in my circumstance. But they did hijack, and they do right. hijack all kinds of kids. They take advantage. They take kids. Can you believe that? And they split the families. Yes, they do. Oh my God, that's so horrible, dude. Yes, they do. It is horrible. It's a crime. It's a crime. So that's why I'm about it. I'm about the birth certificate because of that. Okay. The state created me. They don't, they claim to have my name. Seriously. So they're going to forever in my life be there as an element in my life forever. Seriously. That makes me want to puke you guys. Mm-hmm. You understand? This is Donaldson. I'm Donaldson. I'm from, and I'm from where I'm at. I'm living in this territory called California right now, Northern California. Okay? But it makes me want to puke to think that I have to sit here and take the state's benefit for the, to the end of my days. Mm-hmm. And that was some Donaldson's analysis there. Mm-hmm. A little emotional, but, I mean, it really it hurts my feelings. And... You know, to have that, I have a, a, a kind of a bit of, I don't have a vendetta necessarily, but something definitely is there, you know what I mean? To actually live a different style of life. And I think I'm the perfect candidate to to actually really talk about the birth certificate and its effects. Mm-hmm. Let's check this out, you guys. If you really think about it, I've never met my mom and dad mm-hmm. it, as an adult and not even as a youth, Okay. So the only person that can validate who, what my name is, is the state, right? Mm-hmm. How cruel is that, that I yeah. have to rely on the state for my name? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're controlling. Um, just you, like you were saying, you have never yet met your parents. So in other words, they separated you from your parents as a child, and as an adult now, you're still... Separated, and it's not something that you're okay mm-hmm. with. You didn't give your consent. You weren't even well, in that right 
to decide, well, okay, I want back in my parents' life. I want them back in my life. Well, well, not just that, but that the state can tell me what my name is. The state does not get to tell me what my name is. Only my mother and father get that privilege. Mm. And the fact that the state is holding the title, that's crime. Right. That's crime. That's right. Because it's not up to them to give me my name. My mother and father gave me that name. You know what I'm saying? So what they're doing is a common law duty. They're doing a common law duty. It's a common law process. It's something that used to happen with families and their churches, their local churches, right? It's a very community-based kind of thing, keeping track of the names, right, Mm -hmm. of the kids and the families. But then when the state starts doing it, it's a, it's it's that doesn't make it a non-common law process, but it, what it what happens is there's a presumption of law mm-hmm. that takes place that somehow because the state is doing it and no one's making a common law claim that all of a sudden now there's a minor in the system with no one claiming the name. Holy crap! We need now it's governed under a civil law, and there's no common law claim here until someone steps up. I'm just, and that's why I'm the perfect candidate, you guys. That's that. We have to, we have to assert. Look, this is my life. I I decide what my destiny will be. I should have the power and control over what's mine. Your birth certificate. You should have the control and power over what happens with that. And who was right? Keep going. That's right. If your name's on it. It should be in your possession. But not just that, but also, you guys, it's about creating the rules of court. Let's really focus in on that claim of, that I'm making, okay, which is for correctness. In, mm-hmm. in law, in common law, rules of the court are what are common law, not statutes or constitutions. You know? and, and so if, if you have a contract... As a as a as a, someone who's reached the age of majority, to not be using any services of particular agencies who are doing business, right? Mm-hmm. Then then guess what? You're not under the obligation. You're free. You're free because you you you're not. You're free to create your own rules of court, and that's why it's so important to make your claim that you've reached the age of majority and put that on the record. Even if it's not already on there in paper form, get declaratory judgment from your local county court that you have reached the age of majority. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, just because there is no process in their law written and or you know some process laid out for how to make a declaration uh, that you've reached the age doesn't mean you should not still just go out there and just make the notice and give everyone public notice that you have reached it. Mm-hmm. Because you need that. Because if you don't do that, there may be a presumption in the opposite direction. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Absolutely. That's absolutely it right there. And and even if you don't um, fully understand the the legal system, right, the society, right, the fact is, when you put on the record that you've reached the age of majority, if you even if you do a little bit of research, right, mm-hmm. challenging your citations is going to be that much more difficult for the other side 
because you have this paper trail of authority that you have created mm. having to do with the age of majority. Mm-hmm. And they can't come in and say, well, you need a lawyer because you don't, you don't have the competency. What a minute, sir. I have this declaration from the court over here that says I've reached the age of majority and I can handle my legal affairs. Mm-hmm. See, you're chomping them. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting excited. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You're passionate about what you're talking about. Right? Oh, I'm real passionate. And you're definitely waking up many minds that are latent. Yeah, because um, I'm like you're going to send to me to see a little bit more in depth you know, to really fully understand, you know, where he's coming from. I'm understanding, mm-hmm. but to kind of read a little bit more into it will give me more clarity as well. Yes, you definitely have a good knowledge base. And that's where you want to be when you have the knowledge base and you have something to build on and you can study and research from there. So, Sage, so why don't we do this? Let me give you some information about me. Con- why don't you contact me, email me, okay? And I'll, what I'll do is I'll write up a blog for you, and I'll put some pictures or whatever regarding this, and then I'll give you some more. I know you have a lot of your own resources, but I want to give you my take on it so you can share it with your followers as well, okay, your listeners. Okay. So uh, Sage has my information, but everyone else, if you're interested in contacting me, and I'll give you direct direct responses, it's uh, secondsonofdonald at gmail.com. Uh, secondsonofdonald at gmail.com. Uh, but uh, just be aware that uh, if you use any anything that it comes from me, you're using it all because you are have already reached the age of majority. So. <laughs> That disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, and I can't be liable for it because you uh, you knew what you were doing. You took your own risk. Um, <laughs> but I'll be I'll be honest. Is I'm not saying that because I'm thinking you're going to get hurt. What mm-hmm. I'm thinking is this: that what this is going to lead to is is for reasonable people to remember that they cannot do this alone. I cannot do this alone. Mm-hmm. I need other adults like yourselves and like-minded people to wake up to the same truth and say, wait a minute, we need to form an organization in our community that says, hey, we understand what it means to reach the age of majority. And we're going to step up and we're going to offer the same service that the state is offering, but we're going to do it as a private organization, not and we're not doing it as a as a body, as an arm of the state. We're actually revoking all of our signatures. We're actually pulling out, but we're still going to provide the service from a private capacity. You see what I'm saying? The more people we do that, we're talking now, this is, to, I'm not talking revolution, but I am talking real change. Okay? Right. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and and it wouldn't even matter, to be honest with you, your color of skin. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of change I think Malcolm X would have wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Brother Malcolm. Malcolm X, Dr. King, so many. All of them. Mm-hmm. But definitely Malcolm, because he was... And, and, Malcolm, and Dr. King, especially, too. Even about, 
that. Confucius, so many. <laughs> the enlightened. <laughs> community centers are horrible. Socrates, Aristotle, so many. What does that change? It's really <laughs> the ability for the people to come in and be- begin to do what? To really affect. Here's the ultimate goal of this and the result is that groups of people will be able to come together in their communities to challenge the ordinances that come from the municipalities mm-hmm. and, and do it in a, in a way that they will have standing. And instead of having to come up on, the, on the, um, the city council night when they have talk night and get on the mic and you speak for three minutes or five minutes or, or whatever and then move on to the next speaker, but you never really get heard. Mm-hmm. They listen, but they never hear anything. And so the way to trump that is to, is to, first of all, get together and outsmart them all with grammar and language. Mm-hmm. They can never compete. They can never compete with smarter people because those people that sit in office right now are complete idiots. And you people on this call are much, much smarter. I'll tell you one thing for sure that I know. People that wake up to this knowledge of the birth certificate and mm-hmm. use it in their communities, they're going to win like Donald Trump just won. They're going to win huge and big in their communities. And the, big, the biggest thing that I can say that uh, will, will, uh, will happen from this is that you'll connect with other individuals of a like mind in your communities, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and then be able to formulate a plan for how to proceed in the event of an emergency or any particular circumstance that you determine. Uh, of course, you'll have your own ideas, so live free, you know. Die hard. Hey, I'm just yammering on. Sounding a little Trumpish here. <laughs> no, sounding, sounding right. We haven't heard right in a long time. <laughs> That's good. We hear so much fluff. It's a shame. I know we have a call on March 14th, I think it is, or March 8th. Um, I think it's I March 14th. I have two down for, I think it's the, is it, yes, it's the 14th. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Learning how to create a distinction between public and private conduct on paper via quantum grammar. Right, quantum grammar and private. And just a sneak, a sneak, a sneak preview to that would basically be, well, simply this, right? That mm-hmm. Once you start, sorry, hold on a second. Hold on. A second. What's that? Oh my, I'm getting some feedback. I'm getting talked by the cuss. Yeah. Did you, did you see anyone with the like breaking a vehicle or anything like that? No, I didn't see anything. No, didn't I've just been anything? standing talking on the. I'm on a phone call now. By the way. So anyone right here? This call's being recorded. What? Anywhere right here. Okay. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I'm glad I can help you, though. Hopefully I did. Yeah. But, yeah, so the whole idea would be, what was I, what was I just saying? Give me a second. What was I just saying? As we were um, discussing on the 14th and in right. quantum uh, grammar, but there was something re- regarding public. Yes, exactly. Um, the idea would be if you have a private contract with somebody, then if you use correct prepositional phrases or identify, let's say, a particular grammar in your document, that that actually becomes rule of the court. 
I'm going to be very specific right here, okay, because I have no time to play games. You guys need to learn quantum grammar and start incorporating it in all of your private contracts because – and draw a line under it. And then underneath that, list the public law that's written in the other style that will, that will allow your client to be protected under public law if they are contracted with the state. In other words, I've been living sovereign for six years mm-hmm. on my own, and I've been privately contracting with people, building a paper trail of authority with these people. You understand what I'm saying? I have, con- I have clients that have said nothing. They have never disagreed with me once regarding my contract with them. And so what I do is this. I list it, I list it all in quantum on the top, right? And on the bottom is a public law that protects those people from, from suit against me. In other words, there's two aspects to the contract. Okay. One in quantum, one in adverb verb and if they if they accept it and they say that they understand both of those now we have two parts of the contract that have to be applied in order for them to take me to court so they yeah they're going to be protected and they can sue me in public court but they have to use all prepositional phrases when they do it they can't do it without that because that's part of the contract between us you get what i'm saying it becomes the rule of court. I mean, this is something that's very well known in, in legal circles, is that contracts can become the rule of court. Mm. Contracts become the rule of court, mm-hmm. right? So if contracts can become the rule of court, then what happens, right? That mm. means your rule, your terms become the rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what oh my goodness if you if you go down to the state department right and sign your documents in quantum grammar and then later on because it was a unilateral contract you send notice to the mayor who's a real man right mm-hmm. of your terms now you have a contract between the man the mayor and yourself for what your legal terms are and if any in other words Dude, you guys, I don't know how to explain this, but this is – if you – you can use the, the evidence of the, like, Department of Motor Vehicles ID, right, as, mm-hmm. um, God, like, proof of your contract claim, in other words, with the local municipality and not necessarily the state. Because if you really think about it, the state is the um, kind of non-existent. The only thing that's really real, right, are um, the municipalities that act as persons, right? And then those things that are like representatives, they sit in Congress, right? Mm-hmm. But, so, so the state's not real. The only thing that's real is those municipalities. So you have to contract with those municipalities because guess who they represent? Private people. It's, when you contract with municipality, it's like contracting with another private person. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And even though it's an arm of the state, right, because it's so localized, okay. they, ha- they have a bit of autonomy, and you can get away with it. Man, this is – mm. are you serious? Sorry, this is Donaldson here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I think I'm about done here. I, I killed it just now. Hey, that's what it's all about. Crushing ignorance to powder. You've got to become 
empowered, and that means we've got to wake up. Let me, this hey, can, let, me tell you, yo, let me tell you what happened while I was standing on the phone with you guys just explaining that. Mm-hmm. Cop, a, a police car, you heard the thing go down. Yeah. You heard me tell them that I was recording. I, uh, so I'm standing talking on the phone to you guys. Next thing you know, a cop car pulls up. That passes me by, and she looks at me hard. The passenger in the in the front, and then I was like, "Okay," and I heard brakes, and then I saw brake lights, and so I started moving. I grabbed my bicycle and started walking down the sidewalk because I'm just walk. I'm on the sidewalk right now talking, and I was just standing next to a building. So I grabbed my bike and started walking, and then so one cop gets out and says, "Hey, can I talk to you for a sec? Can I st- hold on? Can you hold on one second? She's touches. She touches my bike, you know." Mm. And she, like, puts her hand on my bike so she doesn't want me to go anywhere, right? I'm like, oh, snap, it's going down, and I'm on the phone at the same time. Wow, that's gnarly, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to show Sage how I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did I do? What did I tell her? I told her what? And I'm on the phone with you, right? Well, and it's being recorded. <laughs> You're on the- and it's being recorded. Wow. Love that. I was like, okay, <laughs> documentation. As soon as I said it was being recorded, the other the other cop was like, no, that's not him. <laughs> that's what they do. That's why it's good to have something in your hand. You yeah, right? Yeah. yeah it's it's hilarious. Like, it's like what I tell people with that um, when police pull you over, um, I basically, my opinion on that is really to just comply because you're there. It's nobody but you and their cop car and a camera there. So you want to be able to live to fight to see another day. So you can fight it the next day if you remain calm, even though they can be wrong and they wrong is all outdoors. But, hey, just comply for that moment so that mm-hmm. you can walk away and fight it in court the next day and say, hey, this officer pulled me over last night and this is blah, 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 what he did, versus you get killed that night trying to voice your opinion, and for what? Who are you voicing it to? It's just you and that cop there, and then you get shot. Now nobody's there to speak for you but that camera that they're probably going to alter and that cop. There's no voice. So that's why I tell people kind of you got to kind of play the, play the game and just be, be cool and calm and, um, so that you can live the fight another day. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. When they saw that I was so calm, they, they, they couldn't deny that aspect of it. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Don't give them any fuel. Yeah. Don't give them anything to, to, to go on as to, hey, this is why we had to do this because he became belligerent. He became this and da 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 Don't give them anything to go on. Mm-hmm. And always stay in camera's view of the <laughs> which it really don't mean anything because they can alter that camera. So the main thing is just trying to stay alive so that you can, you know, say something the next time, you know, go to court about it and get mm-hmm. remove that that particular cop from the force because then they're not they're not mm-hmm. doing uh, justice for anyone. Mm-hmm. That's heat knowledge and right it's there. And to ask them are am I being detained mm-hmm. right away? So you know whether or not you're able to walk away or what's going on, and they have that um, they're supposed. I oh, I didn't ask them that. Right off. Oh, hold mm-hmm. on, I didn't ask those cops that just now. Yes. As you notice, 
They mm-hmm. actually t- put their hands on my bike, mm-hmm. came up to me and said, I need to talk to you. Do you have knowledge of a robbery? What do you know? Who are you? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't ask them, well, if they being detained. I knew I was already. It's common sense. If I ask, if I start asking questions like that, guess what? That's that giveaway of incompetency. Because if you don't know that you're being detained, because that person has it in their uniform and they're coming up from the car. No, I mean, who who's in the high habit mean, of, of impersonating like officers? Kind of like no a one. respectful approach because if you're asking them, am I being detained, then when you walk away, if they say no, then you have a right to walk away. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, it would work. I mean, it I works. Because, look, why, why am I even talking to you? Because you, you don't have to talk to them. You could say, you could say so I'm being detained. Oh, you're right. You don't. So I'm being detained. Right? You see, that's a better thing to say. Instead of saying, am I being detained? I would say, so this is, so I'm being detained. Okay? Oh, okay. I'm being detained. Now, now I'm making statements. I'm making conclusions that I will basically write later on. I'll be like, I was detained. I don't need the cop to tell me that I'm being detained to know that I'm being detained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm only saying it respectfully because if I'm not being detained, I'm, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. I don't have to talk to you. Well, then just be, yeah, I, you're right. I, well, basically, I could walk away just for now. For my arrest? I mean, excuse me, I don't have to talk to you. If I'm not being detained, have a good day, officer. I'm going about my business. (laughs) I mean, it's tough when you're dealing with police powers, you know? And they have a right to answer me. If I'm asking, am I being detained? They have a right to let me know. It's either yes or it's not a maybe question. It's either yes Yes, you're being detained. Yes, you are being detained. I'm being detained. I have a right to call my lawyer. Look, I will say that. Then you I know my right. right. I am not I love call, that. I'm that's going true. to call my lawyer. Bottom line. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to use my words against me. Yo, the question, are you being detained? I think it's equivalent to, uh, to, are you conducting an investigation? It's the same question because you're like, wait a minute. Is this an investigation? You're doing something? I don't have like, a warrant for my arrest. Why yeah, am what's I going on here? <laughs> you're stopping me from living. What? No, thank you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to know disrespect men here, but okay, I what's going on? <laughs> the reason why they wouldn't want to under- answer the question, are you, you know, uh, under investigation, is because if it, if they had a governmental reason for stopping you, then maybe you could charge for the time for your time. Every that's yeah, what I'm you can yeah. Yeah. money. So, <laughs> that's why. Okay, okay. So 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 real quickly, you know the bank, right? The bank. To shift gears, the bank is actually a a state actor because they have a government mm. obligation. Even though they act like they're not, they're handing out Federal Reserve notes, right? How about that? So guess what, you guys? It's all FRNs. And guess mm. what that means? Symbiosis. Mm. Symbiosis. Each bank is a fucking fe- excuse my French, a Federal Reserve branch, right? Which mm-hmm. means they're all they're all benefiting from the relationship with everybody. How about that. So this is what I mean. When I say symbiosis, I mean mutually beneficial relationship. And the bank is benefiting 
from having a relationship with the federal government and the state governments because when you come in, they can charge you fees for signing up or whatever, you know, and for monthly occurrences or whatever they do, you know, with their business. And the state gets a benefit too, you know. So they're not only doing business, the state's doing business. There's a symbiosis there. Never let a bank convince you that they are not state actors. Yeah. Why, do you think the, why do you think they got bailed out by the government? Right. That's right. Yeah, the government good. straight bailed them out. Mm-hmm. State actors. What that means is, like, let's just say they tell me, you can't have access to the funds that are promised to you via this negotiable instrument because you have not presented government-issued ID to us, Mm. right? Two forms. That's our policy. But let's check this out. What if I opt out of the system? If I opted out four years earlier, now I'm under common law. I'm no longer under civil law. Mm Mm-hmm. They should use UCC, Uniform Commercial Code, because that's the common law for, com- for commerce outside of the state law. You see, UCC is something that's, that the state adopts. They adopt the UCC, but it's beyond the scope of the states. It actually, there's a, there's a common thread mm-hmm. that runs between the federal and the states, but the UCC is a uniform commercial code, but they also have the states that model it point I'm saying is that they should have treated me with the UCC if they would have known that I had revoked my signature or if I would have had the damn right to pull out of the legal system and just be free for Christ's sakes. Maybe the state would have used the UCC instead of, not the state, excuse me, maybe the bank, meaning the state, would have used the UCC, right, instead of using the state law. To, or their policy, right, to try and and make me conform. Because I, don't I have a right under California Constitution to be happy? Mm-hmm. I do, right? So they say basically that it's my right to pursue happiness. But that was That's my guaranteed liberty. So it made me happy to I, not have gov- uh, issued ID, government-issued ID, mm-hmm. right? Now the bank, state actor, comes in and says, hey, please get the government-issued ID. Right or you can't have access to your funds, so they're basically denying me access to my property unless I compel it. So they have a government objective. Now the only question is, how much do I charge them? I'm mm. not gonna. I gotta send them a thank you letter and ask them how much to charge them, Sage. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if everyone can follow what I'm saying, and I'm kind of beating around the bush a little bit on this, but I no. literally charge the bank. Yes. The, the scenic route, and we need that. <laughs> I can charge the bank. Quite liberal with this information that you're sharing and spreading abroad tonight on this platform. We appreciate that. We don't that get is, everyone. It's, uh, you probably don't. I'm Donaldson. I'm ranting right now about status, and I'm glad to I'm glad to assist your your call um, in this mm-hmm. way. Interestingly. I never knew that I was going to have this knowledge about the birth certificate until I did the entire thing with the bank because I went and got the state ID again after having revoked the signature. Right. There was a whole process with this. So once I, once I realized that, that there was no signature, it was just my signature on the Department of Motor Vehicles 
and I autographed it with correct sentence structure, we meaning grammar, quantum grammar. Mm-hmm. And then, and then later on, I will go back in and I'll contract with the mayors and with the superintendents or whatever. But I started thinking again about the birth certificate being what? Is there two signatures? No, it's one. It's not even. It's not even my signature. Maybe there is two signatures, but it's my mother and father, or maybe it's the person at the hospital at the time or whatever, right? But, but it's definitely not mine, you know. So where? How is there any symbiosis? When I'm not, they're going to say, basically, here's what they're going to say. Well, just because you can't see the benefit doesn't mean that there is no benefit. You are still a minor in the system. You have no capacity to understand your legal acts or actions because you can't see the benefit in us managing your legal name. That is, if that's not the biggest mind screw of all, I don't know what is. In other words, you're saying, stay put. Let us yes. continue business as usual. Fight this. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know? that's, that's why we have to. The label. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> that's not that's my why... name. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, it is actually my name, and they don't have permission to use So here's what I was saying. Go trademark your name. Mm-hmm. Go, trade, go trademark it. But before you do that, get your, get your birth certificate, order a birth certificate, and when you get it, send it back to them and tell them that you no longer require the services for them to keep track of your name, right? In other words, you should scratch it out, make a copy, put void over it. In other words, take a pen and Mm. scratch it out and put void on it and and take a copy of that, right? And Mm -hmm. keep the copy and send that, the original back to them, the original copy, send it back and say, no thanks, I mm. no longer wish to have it. And do it through registered or certified mail, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want you guys I'm, – I'm saying that because it's going to cancel the symbiosis between you and the state, meaning they're not going to be able to have personal jurisdiction over you. Mm. This is what it all comes down to. A symbiosis will create a what personal jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And that's when they can just take you anytime they fucking want. Why do you think that cop just walked up to me right now and put her hands on me and my bike? They think mm. that they can just take people whenever they want. Right. Personal jurisdiction. You're in my territory. You have a name that's governed by us. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> we want you. Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. I'm Donaldson. <laughs> I can be nice sometimes. <laughs> No, but the next show on March 14th is actually going to be really intriguing because we will break down more about the uh, private and the public capacity and how to, in writing, through private contracting with people, mm-hmm. uh, be able to really, really create a distinction between yourself, and your, which is private, and public, and the public, which is something else, a public record, like um, for court and for, for government and things of that nature, you know? You want to create a distinction between your actions and state actions. And that's mm-hmm. what this, this next call is going to all be about. Like, I went into it right now. We'll go into a lot more of it on, mm-hmm. on the 14th. I'll give some citations, okay. some links, and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I think I – were you guys – you guys were talking about status before I came on the call? We were. We actually were. We touched on it. We kind of scratched the surface on it. And then when you came on, you just – like uh, dug deep 
deeper than where we had gone with it. So you took it to the next level. Oh, excellent. So what had you guys spoken about? We were touching on, um, I think we touched a little about um, status, knowing what your rights are, citizenship. We touched on government. Um, uh, rhetoric, we touched on, like, the the identifying the difference between propaganda and what is fact-based uh, data, um, dealing okay. with the media, of course. Okay, dealing with the media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, we just, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. that's exciting. Trump was made mention of, there was a poet, actually, Master Scribe, Mr. Boston, shared a poem he had written, and he yeah. made several references to our president and some things that done and said and so forth. Um, well, so, I mean, there's a glamour claim with that, too. You could sit here and pummel, right, the, the news outlets, the media, the newspapers, for their incorrect grammar. You could sit here and, and be like, what? How do you claim that this says this when I can prove that it doesn't even say that? You're mis... You know what I mean? Like, I think we're doing it all wrong. We need mm-hmm. to challenge these news organizations and literally uh, get in their faces about their the way that they put forward their messages. Because, you know, a lot of times they will use prepositional phrases in their titles. Mm. Or they will, you know, um, just, be, just for effect. But then, then when they write their writings, it's not prepositional phrases, you know. Or mm-hmm. they'll use... Or they'll do the opposite or something like that. So the idea would be yeah. to, to, to go in and, and, and say, when you see something that you don't like, an article that's maybe demeaning against somebody, you, you could challenge, you could say, wait a minute, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? Your entire article made no sense. It was, it was ambiguous and void for vagueness. So you keep putting out fake news. Fake news. Mm-hmm. Fake news. You claim this is news, right? Okay, well, where's, where's the evidence? And that's, yes, we did touch on that, how the president um, had uh, laid that charge to as being a fake news outlet, media outlet. We touched on that. And and why why are we offended by that? Why are we upset that he's making this claim? Did we investigate? Um, Okay, on what premise did he make that claim? Are we aware that, yes, the media outlets have been guilty of uh, widespread propaganda or spreading propaganda, and it's not all or 100% fact-based. A lot of news is sensationalized. They're adding things. They're taking and omitting things. And then I watched one night, I watched the um, local news give a report, and three times they gave the report, and each time it was something added or taken out. And I said, I wonder, am I the only one noticing this, or is other people being, you know, aware of this as well? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? I mean, well, eventually, you have to. We don't. I don't. I don't know exactly how yeah. much of an yeah. impact all of this is going to have on everyone. But this language thing, <laughs> it may not be for everyone, because when you really think about it, the, you know. You can't really change something that's grown to be the size of, you know, you know, like a huge, 
like grapefruit on your body, you got to cut that thing off, right? You know, you can't like, oh, let's try to reverse it and see if we can get it to go away. No, you got to just cut it off and hope that things mm-hmm. go well after that, you know? So, like, in some ways, there are some things in our society that have grown to be such such cancers that it's impossible to reverse engineer it. And that was the conclusion we came to. We said, you know, give Trump some credit. He's not just talking out of his head without having done some form of study or research on the basis of the claim that he's making. And if we do our own investigation, we can say, you know what? Yeah, there's been some fake news that I've been exposed to, yes. And then when I did the research and studies, I realized they didn't report the full story. And what was the backstory? There's some information that was not released that should have been. Okay, you know what, with regard to status, Young men and women going out to get in, um, going out to war and to fight mm-hmm. for their countries, right? They're dying, and they're not. They don't have a will. They have no will, meaning, uh, like they have no assignment of interest mm-hmm. for their legal rights, legal property, or anything like that, right? right. They're and supposed you know, to. They're supposed to. That's what the because I, I I'm prior U.S. Navy. And again, they give you a document to where you you say where you want your money to go to, all your stuff to go to. And then I have working for the state. I worked for the state in the past. Do not work for the state now. I'm free from working for the state. Do not want to go back. Um, Working for the government, the same. Working for the city, the same. They're supposed to be a part of, yes. Well, I think he's right. They say probably do have that though for the for the soldiers. Yeah, cause I, yeah, I feel I filled out one as far as like the percentage of where I wanted it to go, like how much I wanted it to go to my mom, how much I wanted to go to my dad. They're mm-hmm. supposed to do that now. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing yeah. now. That's been some that's been some years ago when I was in the military, but that's what they did back then. I don't know what they're doing to them now. Well, because, think about this. Yeah, think about this. Think about how many young men and women that don't go to war. Right, that stay home in in, in the communities, right? Mm-hmm. In in the foreign countries, like like say Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Syria, any of these places, right? They all have this similar system set up, right? Mm-hmm. Or supposed to be. Point being, if that happened here, you would have basically people dying, people getting killed, civilians, just civilians with no will. No will. You see, if and you're a military, then you have a will, right? Yeah, it's more. I think it's more of civilians don't have mm-hmm. um, a don't. will because it costs, and they may not want to pay that money. Whereas in the military, it's free. You just fill out the paperwork, and boom, that's where your money or wherever you say it's going to go. Everything is pretty much free of charge, quote, unquote, when you're doing it in the military versus in civilian world. You're going to have to pay somebody to put that together. And a lot of people are like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So a lot you, of they don't. Status, young, the young people in general, a lot of them, their work status, they may not be employed full-time where they have certain benefits. They might be even some of them working under the table or some working part-time. 
Mm-hmm. So that's something to take into consideration, too, as to why they don't have access to some benefits. Well, the reason why I mentioned the entire red um, thing was because... The civilians. This, well, this thing called escheats, right? The government gets the property of people with no will, of its citizens who have no will. Mm-hmm. It reverts back over to the government, and the government gets to divvy it out, and, you know, and has mm-hmm. discretion over it. So we have to be very careful about that kind of control. I mean, why do you think we have these legal estates to begin with? And then why are civilians the biggest casualty in, in, in war a lot of times? Yeah. You know, this is screwed up, dude. It's yeah. because they're trying to rape us. It's a rape of the wealth of the people. It's fucking bullshit. People don't see it, and I've been trying to wake a lot of people up to it. I've been wanting to get an opportunity to be pissed off on a recorded call about this subject matter. Well, I'm glad we were available for you to do just that, because this platform was created for that purpose. <sighs> okay. Well, mongers, wow, I feel better. Toothmonger stage. Yes, indeed. <laughs> 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 it, it, it really is actually if you study law for six years you start to look into all these different areas of how the the government profits from, peop- from people you will start to see the trend and it's kind of sickening it, even the possibility of it will make you sick and make you want to do something to change for the better you know you know just 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 start to visualize something that you do want that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to visualize what I do want, you know, and a lot of times I'm trying, I'm having to fend off and ward off the things that I don't want because I spent a lot of time focusing on those things that I don't want, too. How many years in your life, Sage, have you spent thinking about things that you don't want to have happen? And how many times have those things happened? Mm. Wow, that's <laughs> a question I never contemplated um, thinking on that too much. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to say um, I need to really think about that and and do some do some uh, <laughs> I'm counting up yeah of years and days and weeks and months. I have to say for a starter, I know there's a lot of things that I know. I want change, so I know that I have to do things differently for that to happen. I can't keep on the same, you know, like you have the her, the um, hamster and the gerbil going around and around in that wheel. I can't keep on that same tread. You know, I've got to change my traction, my motion, um, think differently, make some new choices. and get some different results. I'm here. Yes, yeah, we're here. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> well, I mean, I was waiting for something else to come in, but, yo, I, I mean, how could you expect different results? You know, like, I mean, we don't expect different results, you know? Um, or we do. I think we expect when we new, change our new, to, um, new, right? Change lanes per se. Mhm. How how easy is it to change change your thinking? You want something new. 
That means you have to change what it is that you've done before in the past and not create and not still do the same things that you've been doing expecting change. We all know that's called insanity. So you've got to do something out of the box. And that's where a lot of people get paralyzed that is with that fear because that creates change. They want the change, but they fear that change. So therefore they stay the same and then get frustrated when nothing in their life changes and then they become negative and Mm -hmm. have uh, a negative mindset and all that does is create just negativity for your life. So in order to be, in order to get a better life, you got to have a positive mindset and think positive even when everything else is not uh, going as planned around in, in your normal sight. How they say you walk by faith and not by sight. But it's up to you to make the change and make the difference and step out on faith and do something that you've never done before in order to get something that you never had. Right. you got to make new choices. Like if mm-hmm. I keep going to the same store every day and I keep ordering this same thing, how can I suggest that I want to look different and feel different? Because whatever I'm putting in is the same thing I've been putting in. I've got to change my whole menu, my whole diet mentally, socially. Um, That may even mean I have to change my habitation, where I'm, my environment in order to to obtain or acquire a different outcome. And it's all in, in, in that taking back the power to govern my fate or to say to have control of my destiny. I should never True. give that power away to anyone. Well, here's the thing. This, the key, the this key. You, the state is not co, um, they are not co, uh, what do you call that, um, I like to say they're not sovereign, they're not God to me. They're not a co-participant in commerce with you. You have the right to participate in commerce without the state. Oh, dude, that just blow your mind. Think about that, right? You, oh, wow, how, how possible would that be if you, if you could just be free to fucking govern your own Free. financial affairs, you know? You know, a lot of people always say, I want to be independently wealthy. Yeah. How about be non-dependent on the state for wealth? <laughs> right? Real ownership. <laughs> Taking control of your life. Anyway. Yeah, I know you're right. See, that's real. That's that's real liberation. Well, it's also never tasted that before transitioning. Some will never taste that. You have a sage, yo. You don't want to taste that because that's a suffering. You trust me. I don't. Yo, it's suffering. Listen, what you want to do is this: you have to don't don't fight the system. Here's what I think you should. What everyone should do. Can I First divorce? System is that okay? You're not gonna divorce the system either, because you never were married to it. The the thing it's all presumption of law. There is no there is no contract with you yeah. and the state. You know, I was never married to it, so I don't even have to worry about 
uh, the burden of having the divorce estate. Right. And all that comes with that. I'm just. You've got to rebut the presumption. That's it. It's what right. it comes it's, down to. And that's what I'm getting off of me. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the yoke I'm taking off my neck. Yeah. The presumption, right, that you cannot getting off um, my basically do your own thing and that your word is somehow not believable. You know, like, wait a minute. You're you're trying to say that I I need to go get a mental health evaluation before you'll allow me to represent myself pro se? Oh, yeah, right? Like, huh? Did you oh, hear because- the latest about something about when you're 75, you have to, um, something about you have to go before a board about some kind of death thing before they can give you your... Uh, Social Security, your full... So, so it's craziness. That is nuts. Woo! Something that that, it, that when you're 75, you have to go before some death thing. Is this supposedly what they're trying to impose on you for health insurance purposes or something like that? This People don't... Some they just don't get it. You know, there's a lot of shit out there, but I'm going to tell you... I'm going to put it simply, guys. What I'm saying is not complex. I'm going to do this, and I'm telling everyone to do this, okay? Mm-hmm. Revoke any type of authority or use of your name by the state mm. through a letter. Use a letter. Screw their forms. Don't use their forms or their processes. Just do a declaration on in, in writing on paper to these people or via email, you can use me. I will send it for you, you guys. I use registered email. Everything is certified. It's trackable. It's encrypted, okay? I actually have a service that I provide for people. If you want to do this thing, we can do it. We can do it all privately, and we can make sure that people actually get the, the thing. We do it through email. Hmm. It's totally possible to do it all email account huh? where we can get this done. Well, I I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you want me to tell you how to do it on your own, you could just go to our post or our mail, get an account with them and sign up. It costs about $179 for one year. And what it is is it gives you 10 different users that can send registered emails. So when you sign up, in other words, if you come under my my wing as a user under my account, I'm going to charge a fee, but it's going to be more than $179 because I'm going to do some some things that will help you also. I'm going to help you with, you know, the editing or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. do some paralegal work for you, plus give you the the mailing option too, you know. What I'm really wanting to do is get an organization of people together that are on the same page, that are doing the same process, and that we have some verifiable um, cases that we can actually talk about, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I just signed up for our post, and I have these these options available to me now. So if you guys want to, like I said, you, I, my, my email, whatever is on here, um, if you're interested in making a donation to me for my cause or whatever, I'll help you put together a letter, you know, to um, that you can start sending out to have your local county officials uh, acknowledge your status as basically having reached the age of majority or not. Put it on the record. I'll even help you put something in the newspaper as well. But the idea would be to contact me and we can figure it all out. Okay. 
Sounds like a plain listening audience. If this is something you know definitely that you have strong conviction about doing, don't hesitate, don't delay. Um, again, you can send an email correspondence to second son of Donald at gmail dot com. Uh, Donaldson is the one you've been hearing from uh, tonight on this call and this platform. Uh, make sure that this is something that you are invested in doing. Uh, make this your personal choice. It is your life. So we're not dictating. We're not imposing on anyone. We're saying, listen, if you want to have fuller control, void of state interference regarding your affairs, regarding your business life as well as your life in general. There's a way to do it, and Donaldson is available to assist you in that process. And we're also encouraging you to do the study and the research on your own because there's a lot of information out there, and it's up to you. The more you know will determine how much more you can grow. It is your decision. That's true. But also, if you just depend on your friends, that will help you too. I mean, if you really think about it, contracts are voidable. Contracts made by minors are voidable. They're not 100% void. And this is the screwy thing. So let's just say they, they treat you like a minor, right, in the system, right? That doesn't mean all your contracts are automatically void. So it's not 100% bad, right? But they're all voidable. And that's the issue that you want to get away from. You don't want your contracts to be automatically voidable. Okay? So thank you very much. You get what I'm saying, though? No no automatic voidableness with your contract. The only no automatic is- voidableness with your contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's a weird statement, right? Like, how do we... Is that even a real sentence? <laughs> no automatic voidableness. Is voidableness a word? I don't think it is. Understood, but- though. I mean, it may not be a word. (laughs) I think everyone understood what was said. (laughs) It's so trippy. I mean, how many listeners do you have on the call right now? We've got six listeners on the call. We have a caller from Georgia. I'm going to ask, is this my nephew, Philip Barron? Hello? Let me mute myself out here. Hello? Caller from Georgia, identify. Are you still there? Caller from Georgia. Georgia caller, identify or be eliminated. Okay, Georgia caller, I guess you are probably away from your phone and might. So I'll just leave your. Uh, Mike, open when you return. We'd like to hear from you. Um, I don't want to fathom that I know who this is. I'm just going to say, caller from Georgia, you are welcome to join us on this discussion this evening. And I'm going to go back to Ms. Royalty and also Skysky. Skysky, are you still on? 
Daisuke? That will be our caller from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Miss Royalty? Yes, I'm still here. Yes. Do you have... Skyski, uh, big up. No, I'm, I'm Jeremiah, but Skyski, I want to say a shout out. Miss Royalty, go ahead. Yes. Do you have any questions? No, I don't have any questions at this time. Any thoughts, maybe uh, remarks about any other information or just in general about um, contemplating uh, the process of uh, becoming void free and and so forth? Donald said pretty much uh, explained it in a nutshell. So pretty much right now it's just more of basically getting it getting it done. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, so he, he pretty much put all the information out there. He still has the email. What you do and you just you go for it, get in contact with him and get the process and the ball rolling. Yes, ma'am, yes ma'am. And um you know, all of us have a circle of friends, each of us do, as well as um we're all members of a community. Uh, literary community and so forth, spiritual community. Um, my concern is just that everyone understands the the how essential this matter is because it is truly essential. Um, a lot of times we're wondering, well, why am I not able to make certain decisions and choices for myself? Why do I have to go through this legal red tape, and I have to have this, and I have to have that. Well, questions were answered on this platform tonight. I'm hoping that everyone took note that I heard some new information. Um, Also, the archive link for tonight's show will be available tomorrow. I will be in that where you can hear the full recording and anything you missed and possibly maybe just need to revisit. You'll be able to do it then. But I do encourage, as always, whenever you tune into this platform, we are always receiving a whole lot of information, uh, new information, and then sometimes we're privileged to revisit some old information with some fresh, new, added, added information. Yo, let me so put a link I in the chat room. I just want to encourage yeah. everyone, whenever yeah. you tune in, please remember to take notes is important. I want you to not be able to reference this information. Uh, caller from Georgia, are you with us? Caller from the U.S. Virgin Islands, are you still with us? Oh, crap. I'm about to lose my phone here. I might have to call you guys back. No problem. We're going to get ready and disengage only because of the late of the hour, and I don't want TalkShoe to um, disconnect the call for anyone. And I know we are originally scheduled for three hours. We're now on the verge of four, and they will drop. They will start um, uh, discontinuing the recording. So in in, um, regards to... Updates. I'm just going to share the following on next week, which is 
February the 28th, we are privileged to have Bruce George in the spotlight. Bruce George is the co-founder of Death Poetry Jam, as seen on HBO. He is also the founder of the Genius is Common movement. And this is a very powerful, powerful empowerment movement, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to encourage you all to tune in, everyone who is on the call now and those that are listening. Uh, he will be on from 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, about 9, 9.30. And we're going to find out a little more about this movement, which is called the Geniuses Common Movement. Of course, it's an anti-elitist or anti-elitist movement. And we just want to encourage everyone to find out, look, here's something, uh, a cause to support something to... Uh, become a part of that's bigger than me and you uh, put together and us all together. This is something that's meaningful and long-lasting because it's relevant when it's fact-based and truth. And we're truth mongers on this platform again. Uh, (laughs) So I do hope that you will tune in next week. We had Gene Posniak on this evening. He was on from 8 to about 9.20. It was very enlightening and insightful and um again i will be sharing the archive link for tonight's show and tomorrow as soon as it becomes available you will want to reference and tune in i promise you the information that you hear will prove to be enlightening for everyone okay so in closing i'm just going to go down through the line again. Donaldson, is there anything that you would like to say before we sign off? Thank you for this opportunity to to give a final word to everybody about state action and mm-hmm. symbiosis. Um, if you if you remember one thing about what I mentioned on this on this call, do remember the symbiosis issue, because there is state action. If there exists between the state and private actor, a symbiotic relationship, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in other words, a relationship between the two that is mutually beneficial. I, I mean, I don't even know how much simpler I could put it other than that. Symbiosis is the key to understanding the entire birth certificate issue. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear this from any one of those patriot gurus out there with videos on the internet. None of mm-hmm. them even mention symbiosis. But they do talk about all these other commercial remedies and things. I think, you know, I mean, who knows what people really want, right? But I know for a fact, if you never contact me, and if you never even hear from me again, just don't forget about the symbiosis issue because the mm. mutually beneficial thing, that, that's key. That's mm. key. You will create a personal jurisdiction between yourself and the state if you're taking their, their stuff. And then mm. if you don't even know it, that's even more reason for them to jump in. You know, if you really – but, I mean, think about this, you guys. And I'm, I know this is the end of the call, but – Everyone out there, if you don't have the ability to navigate the legal affair, 
get into a group, an organization of people that, hey, are all studying law together. So then maybe you guys can form a group of your of your own, you know. Uh, and and then and while you're studying, you can you can be representing each other. You know what I'm saying? Also, in other words, in court, if you ever have things that come up, so you won't have to go in there alone. You'll be in there as an organization. That and you'll say, well, wait a minute, my my go- I'm allowing this person over here to govern my legal affairs, not this person over here. See, the symbiosis again is crucial to remember because. Who has the mutually beneficial relationship with you? If it, is it the state or is it your is it your family or the, you know what I'm saying or is it your community? You know, uh, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Take care. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. It's about raising consciousness and awareness. Uh, caller from the U.S. Virgin Islands, are you still on the call? Okay, and Miss Royalty, is there anything that you would like to say in closing? No, that was it. That was that was that was pretty much all. Okay, and I want to say to you, thank you so much for everything shared because it was all fruitful and it was definitely significant and relevant. And I encourage you, of course, to tune in on March 14th which will be the continuation of what you heard tonight from Donaldson. Okay. And definitely come uh, call in with any questions you might have because I'm sure the more that we read, the more that we study and do research, we're going to have questions, <laughs> more questions. Well, so, remember too, Sage, that on, on, on when we speak on the 14th, it's going to be about quantum grammar. I didn't really go into quantum grammar on this call. Right. I saved. I saved that. That that's actually something specific to keeping it private. Well, we now, are speaking yeah. public and um, in reference to content. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we are. I mean, what 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 we what we're talking about on the fourteenth has is relevant to tonight's call. So you're not off base, but I just it just we haven't spoken about quantum grammar. Right. But that is true. Yeah. So we're actually continuing from where we left off from the last time we had you on, which was the 7th of this month. Right, right. On this call, we didn't really actually go into that, so I don't consider it a continuation, which is why you see me in a bit of a rare form. I'm not I'm not sticking to... So that uh, some grammar, we kind of touched on that last... Yeah, actually, the last call we got into... I mean, when I was on the last Scribblers call with you as as your featured guest, which mm-hmm. I thank you for putting me on the flyer and put, for making that for me. That was real nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we spoke about the quantum grammar and we spoke about the ability to um, bring your community together, you know, and actually be an activist in your community through understanding language. Right. Okay? And then, so... Yeah. The and, then, and also ha- power of your contract. Right. Remember? Mm-hmm. But but this time, what we're going to do is we're going to emphasize not only the power of the contract, right? Because this will be part of the emphasis of the call, but, the, but we will be talking about how to make a clear and distinct, re- recordable, noticeable difference 
between your public acti- actions and your private conduct, you know? Okay. And so, and the reason why I think that's important is so that we can have a buffer between your conduct and state actions, man. I'm all about it, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious, man. We're going to do it big. Sounds like a plan to me. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I think we've prepped our listening audience for the 14th. So I think everybody will come with, um, they'll come with that open mind, that ready mind, willing to hear and, and also engagement. They'll be prepared for engagement because they will have done some reading and study and research on the topic. So I think we'll have a very beneficial and a, very productive show on the 14th. Cool. Do you want to end the call so we can continue dialoguing for a minute? Um, Sure. Sure, we, we will. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week again. Bruce George will be in the spotlight, feature artist on the 28th of February, which is the last day of the month of February. Don't miss it. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be discussing the anti-anti-elitist movement known as the Genius is Common Movement. Remember, it's all about empowerment. In order for us to empower ourselves as well as the village, we've got to raise our consciousness and awareness. And we've got to apply knowledge, execute, execute, execute. It's not enough just to have and to hold or to obtain and to possess, you've got to execute, 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 ladies and gentlemen. All right, with that being said, we're going to end tonight's call. Peace and blessings to all.